Hello, and welcome to our bonus episode of Dungeon Boys. I just wanted to jump in as your DM with a quick disclaimer that you may experience a few small uh, audio distortions throughout the episode. We apparently have a faulty mic that we were not able to discover until about halfway through this bonus episode. Like I said, the, dis- the distortions are small and the errors are, are very minor, but I wanted to let you know uh, that we are looking into it and trying to figure out how exactly to fix this microphone that seems to have gone on the fritz. Uh, without letting us know. Also, as a notification, we left our air conditioners on for the first minute of this episode, forgetting to turn them off, so you will hear a little bit of air conditioner noise for the first minute, but at that one minute mark, we do turn off those ACs. So uh, bear with us on the audio quality of this one if you do notice any um, minor audio distortions, uh, and do listen through that first minute to where we turn off the air conditioners. Just a a quick uh, plea from your DM to, to... not hightail it immediately. Thank you very much for listening, and I love you very much. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dungeon Boys. If you're watching this, you may be confused by a member of our party at the end of the table. Uh, that's not Zenus. That's our dad. Woo! Yeah. It's, our, it's, it's our daddy. Our daddy's here to play Dungeons & Dragons with us, guys. Aren't you excited? You gotta make sure we do it right. Yeah, this is a uh, a one-off episode, a bonus episode of sorts. As listeners and watchers, you really haven't done anything exceptional to deserve a bonus episode, but we are making one anyway because we wanted to do this. Uh, if you you know, uh, if you you probably have at least heard of the Adventure Zone, uh, which is a very popular D and D show uh, by the McElroy brothers and their father, Clint McElroy. Uh, I'd like to point out that they're one of the most popular D and D shows on the internet. Uh, we currently are. I need to turn off these air conditioners because they're really loud. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, but we are actually a Dungeon Dragon show right now, consisting of three brothers and their father, DM'd by the middle brother. We're getting this the formula. We're get we're we're honing in on the formula today. Getting there. So, Dad, you want to introduce yourself to the people at home listening and watching? Well, as it was said, uh, I am the dad. My name is Marty Melinder, so I am Keith's dad, Josh's dad, and Bryce's dad, and uh, just glad to be here to get involved in this, looking forward to it, and uh, hope to have a good time. Yeah, I, if you're listening at home, uh, you, you'll, you're uh, knowing right now that I did not get my voice from my father. Uh, it does, it, I do not have the radio voice. Uh, he does. So maybe he'll be DMing by the end of this. But we're doing we're doing a bonus I got this. I got this. a bonus episode. Different characters. Where there's no Jack Law. There's no Arlo. Zenus is not here. He's on vacation with his family. So we decided to do a bonus episode, uh, and we're gonna be in the same world, the same world of Medine from our regular Dungeon Boys series. Uh, it also just to begin, if you're listening to this on iTunes, try to drop us a review if you don't mind. Uh, those are helpful. We appreciate it. Uh, but let's get right into it. We are in Medine. There are three different characters here. Um, <clears throat> to a, a quick exposition on the world of Medine for uh, Dad, for you who have not been here before. Uh, Medine is a, a continent ruled by a, an evil high council, a uh, high council of ten wizards who see anyone who is poor or can't use magic as a lesser creature. Uh, and they are using their power to build an army uh, and pull innocent people from their homes uh, and put them to work in work camps and even sometimes execute these people as are the suspicion. So it's a tumultuous world. Uh, there's a big divide between the rich and the poor and a big divide between those who can do magic and those who cannot. Um, 
but there's actually an underground secret agency called the Servants of the Scale that are seeking to upend the High Council to combat their the the uh, imbalance they're sowing into the world. Uh, and so that is where we get to your characters because you three characters are veteran servants of the scale. You are a part of this organization as we start our um, as we start our show today. You are veterans and you are traveling to the village, uh, the town of Malora's Quiver, south of the Bone Mountains and north of the Mangrove Forest. But before we get started on anything, let's introduce our characters. Um, Josh, if you'd like to introduce your character to us today. Um, today, for our special guest, I am going to be playing a half-elf abjuration wizard. And going with the name Branimir. 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 He's got that accent? Got a little bit of an accent, Okay, yes. cool. What's he look like? Quick physical description? Anything? Very average. Okay. About as average as you can get. Uh, he is un, uh, unfazed by like physical world and stuff like that. He is always studying. Uh, part of his background is he's read every book that he can get his hands on. Cool. Very so. cool. Mm-hmm. Well learned. Bryce, what you got? Uh, tonight I will be playing as Albedo, the <laughs> Oath of Devotion paladin. Uh, he is average height, average build, but he just thinks the world of himself. Okay, cool. He's got bright blonde hair, blue eyes, big toothy smile. Crimson chin style situation. Always walks around (laughs) with his chest puffed out. Just thinks he's the greatest thing that walks the earth. Opposite of Branimir. (laughs) I'm going to expect that role playing out of you. (laughs) You're not citizens. (laughs) I'm going to expect that. Alright, Pop, what you got? Well, tonight I'm playing Aramar, a half-orc war cleric. You're trying to show me up with that voice down there real bad. Well, I've got to get him into a little bit of character here. I've already heard all these other guys talk, so uh, I've got to do it. So, again, half-orc war cleric named Aramar. Now, Aramar won't be so smooth-talking as you are. you got to get rough with it. Just <laughs> Thank you, Bryce. You're, you might be, you might be a, an error. I was just going to say, a half-orc. That's uh, the other I half. Be, I believe yeah. that yeah. Uh, I have well-chiseled features for a half-orc. I'm dashingly <laughs> handsome, as orcs go. And uh, I am, uh, I've got my shield and my great axe that I carry. I'm about eight feet tall. And... Uh, don't get in my way, man, because uh, I can, uh, you know, I can push about a half a ton pretty quick. So, uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, we were discussing that before we started the show so, that uh, Dad's character can push uh, half a ton at twenty-five feet per six seconds, <laughs> uh, which is not bad if you ever tried to push half a ton. Um, Real so life, cool. we can only do like two thirds of that. We've got a group of what <laughs> I'm going to call. We got two big boys and and uh, an average elf. I don't know what else to call you, Brandomir. Branamir, but we got some big boys on the team. I'm How many Branamir. Branamir. Okay. Um, one thing to note is that uh, for role playing purposes, you guys have known each other for a while. You guys are what you looking for, my friend? Nothing. Oh, you looking behind the, the screen? Trying to. Um, Not happening. The uh, you guys have know, known each other. You've been adventuring for a while. The journey from Buckland, where you started at uh, Servants of the Skill headquarters, all the way to Melora's Quiver was a probably several, a couple months' journey. Uh, you probably knew each other before then, but you guys have, are well-traveled. You have fought beasts together. You have uh, vanquished bandits. You have spent a great deal of time together along your travels. 
Um, I am going to, if both, if we have two chiseled features big boys down there, I'm going to have to imagine there be going to be some butting of heads over who is the, the fairest of the land. Who is the um, most chiseled yeah. and featured. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I expect some good role play. I expect a lot of fun. So let's get into it. we got a lot of stuff to do. So you guys find yourselves walking down the main street of Melora's Quiver. A little bit of the lore, the reason for this, uh, the way this uh, city is named is Melora is kind of the god of adventurers, the god of, of people who go out in search of adventure and, and excitement and treasure. Um, and this is called Melora's Quiver because it's kind of a place where adventurers uh, set up a home base before traveling into the Bone Mountains, this dangerous kind of deserted area, deserted terrain. Um, and certainly at the foot of the Bone Mountains before you get up into kind of the more lush mountainous area. Uh, there's tons of ruins out there in the Bone Mountains, tons of, tons of treasure and beasts to hunt. Uh, treasure to find and beasts to hunt, as well as to the south you have the Mangrove Forest, which is more of like a dangerous haunted forest. But each uh, hold their own treasures and each hold their own secrets. And adventurers tend to go to Melora's uh, Quiver to hang out there and kind of set up a home base. Uh, Melora's Quiver is kind of your picture-perfect frontier town. It's got a kind of an old west main street, uh, several wooden buildings around in the, the center of town, and as you get farther out, it's mostly tents and, and shacks that are thrown together with different supplies and things like that, but it, the town is a bustle. Uh, really, you can find just about anyone uh, at Melora's Quiver, whether he be a, a treasure-seeking dwarf or um, a, a ranger out for his next hunt, the next kill. All kind of things you can find there. But you guys are walking down the street uh, at nighttime. You have just arrived at Melora's Quiver, and you know that you have you have orders to be there. Um, you let's see, what are you doing here? Yes, you are you are have been stationed there. You've been told to go uh, and set up a camp, set up shops, meet someone in Melora's Quiver. You're there to meet someone named Kate Fullhart, a ranger. And you know that you're to meet her at the Dragon's Flagon in Melora's Quiver. Uh, she's a high-ranking uh, servant of the scale as well. Uh, she's been stationed in Melora's Quiver, and you know that she is on a covert mission, but you do not know the details of her mission. Uh, and you're on your way there to lighten her load uh, of tasks in the nearby areas so that she can focus on what she's there to do. Um, and you're supposed to meet her there at the end at the, in the Dragon's Flagon. So you're walking down the street at night and you can see the swinging sign uh, on the, the outside of kind of a saloon looking building. And you can see a, a big beer stein with foamy uh, beer coming out of it carved into wood. And coming out of that beer stein is a dragon coming out of it and curling and kind of sitting on top of the foam. Um, and you see the sign to what presumably could be the Dragon's Flagon as you walk into the town. Feel free to Role play or walk or tell me what you want to do. It's been a long journey. You're all tired. You are the chiseled ones. Uh, if we're all tired, I suggest we... Uh, in character. Well, we've made it. I suggest we go find a place to rest for the night. It is evening. It is nighttime. The dragon's flagon, you know, is a tavern and an inn. It's where you intend to stay. You know, you do know that. You intend to stay there and meet Kate Fullheart there. So are we in the tavern? No, you're outside. You're walking down the main drag. Okay, let us go inside. It's a good idea. Let's go. (laughs) I agree. Let's go. All right, so you entered... Already perfect. (laughs) Uh, You enter the dragon's flagon. You you go through the saloon doors. 
uh, just like in, a, in the, your favorite western. The doors swing shut. Uh, it's pretty late at night, so there's a couple guys asleep at the bar. The bartender is washing dishes. Uh, there are a couple folks kind of still um, just sitting at tables or, or having some uh, quiet conversations, but it's late enough in the evening that things are quieting down. Uh, and you can see, though, in the back of the room uh, is one uh, female, a woman, who is sitting uh, at a table by herself, and she seems to be uh, sitting there alone just as a waiter comes out of the kitchen and drops a, uh, a, a lamb's leg onto a plate in front of uh, There's already on a plate in front of her as she uh, lifts it up and takes a big bite out of it. She's a, she's a, a fair-looking woman. She's, 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 um, she is beautiful, I guess, depending upon what you would say. Uh, and she's very young. She seems to be um, maybe tw- in her early 20s. Uh, a young woman, but she seems to be who you're looking for based on what you've t- been told that Kate Fullhart looks like. Okay, so we we know we're pretty sure that's her. Yeah, you know what? Right. Yeah, you know what she All looks right. like. You know who you're looking for. All right. But yeah, gents, than, I think this lady over here. She looks very much like who might be a Kate Fullhart. Oh, <laughs> she does. Hey, pretty man, why don't you go over and get us something to drink from the bar? <laughs> that sounds like a plan to me. I approach the bar and grab okay. a... The bartender, uh, kind of a, a, a an older man, beard, bald, turns around. He's washing a dish after that. He's just spit in. He washes the di- he washes the 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 flat the the stein or whatever. He turns. He says, "What'll it be, sir?" Is that woman regular here? Actually, no. She just blew in a couple prop probably a couple weeks ago. What kind of drink you think she might like? Oh, she she likes she likes the the strongest ale we've got. She likes a dark ale. I'll take two. <laughs> Very well. So he turns around and he uh, hits the tap. Two of his his darkest motor oil sludge ales come out of the tap, uh, and he he puts them on the uh, on the counter in front of you on the bar in front of you as the the foam just barely ekes over the top and slides down the the chilled glasses, and he hands those to you. Careful, boy. Remember what happened last time. That's true. I passed one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so you passed one to him. Baramir, yeah. what are you doing on the way in? I'm going to approach her while they're... <laughs> oh, 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 you can't leave without paying for your drink, sir. Oh. Only one gold sure. piece. Oh. Uh, I'm just a very, very, very observant type, so I'm just headed to the bar and... Yeah, steal my pen. All right, so you hand him the gold. He takes it and he puts it in his apron and he says, Pleasure doing business. I assume, before you go, I assume you'll need a room this evening? Uh, Yes, yes. We'll need uh, three rooms. Very well. I'll get them prepared. Uh, He goes back to washing his dishes and makes his way out the the bar and kind of up the stairs. Cheap rooms. He didn't charge us anything. Hey. Great. So what are you up to? Walking over to her? Yeah, I assume with the party in tow. Yeah, so you go over to this woman um, who is sitting at the table. She's just polishing off her leg of lamb um, that she has eaten. She wipes her face with a napkin rather delicately. Uh, and She kind of takes her napkin and, and folds it up and puts it on the table as the candlelight in front of her burns and, and reflects off of her face. You can tell she has long brown hair and green eyes. Um, and and young woman's a young woman's features. Is there a uh, chair across from her? There are three chairs at the table. Uh, as you sit down, you also it's notice. Almost like we were expecting. Oh no no no! I I I have pretty uh 
flashily pull out the chair and put a leg up in it <laughs> and slide her drink across to her. You look thirsty. Okay, as as Name's you Albedo. as you do that, she uh, she looks up at you and smiles and she grabs the the mug uh, and she takes a sip and roll perception for me. Sixteen. She rolls. She picks up the beer stein <coughs> with her left hang, hand, and all, you can see a ref, uh, re- reflecting candlelight in her wedding band and engagement ring as she takes a sip of her uh, ale, and she says, "Pleasure to meet you, Alvito. My name's Kate." I smoothly step over into, the, <laughs> into just slide that leg over the chair and sit down a little bit deflated. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> nice don't, to meet you, don't, Kate. Don't mind him. That's just how he is. Uh, I won't mind him. Um, I imagine you boys have been sent from the servants of the scale. Yes. Yes. I can tell by the rings you're wearing. You all have. Like you all each have uh, silver, large silver rings with the servants of the scale uh, emblem on them that you were given. That emblem is like a triangle uh, with an air, with a single line starting at the top point of the triangle and passing through the bottom, almost like a, a small tree. Um, but a very minimalistic tree. Um, mm. <clears throat> but you have rings on, and she says, I can tell by your rings. As you sit down and you begin to speak with her, behind her, kind of in the corner, you can uh, you can feel the heat of the fire that's in the in the room. You can the, the room is illuminated by a big fireplace. But in the corner of the room, kind of sitting behind her uh, with uh, Kate's table, the only barrier between uh, him and the rest of the room is a large uh, blue tint, blue skinned man looking creature with um, some black tribal tattoos on his face. Uh, and he has his hands kind of uh, on his chest and he is, uh, seems to be snoozing in the corner of the, um, in the corner of the room behind her. He seems to be sleeping ra- rather peacefully and, and in his hand is a, is a almost full flagon of ale that it looks like he took about one sip of and then fell asleep. It's uh, Kate, isn't it? It is Kate. Has You're... this fellow been here for a, a while now? Oh yes, he's with me. This is Pock. He will. He he should wake up shortly. Um, Does he um, often do that? Sleep? Mm. Well, with a beer. He tends to sleep every night. Oh. I don't believe. I don't believe the ale was strong enough for him. I think he he. Uh, I I think he is. He is cut from a different ilk. Cut from a different cloth. Uh, he is. Uh, he likes his ale a little bit stronger than what they make down That'll here do. at the at the base <laughs> of the mountains. That'll do. Um, but thank you for meeting me here. I assume you are Albedo, Baramir, and forgive me. <laughs> What's your name? Aramar. Aram, 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 and Aramar. Branamir. Um, Branamir. Not Baramir. <laughs> That's a different fantasy setting. Aramar. 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 Baramir. <laughs> And albedo. Branamir. Alright, forgive me, I may ask again. Um, <laughs> Branamir. Branamir, not Baramir. I'm so sorry. This is tough. It's all falling apart. Let's quit. Pin? Um, <laughs> yeah, here, yeah, I need it. Let's, let's do it. Um, Aramar, I'm misspelling it, but albedo and Branomir. Branomir, like the muffins and flakes. If that's um, how you remember it, then yeah, that'll work. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So as you're talking, she says, um, I, I, I assume that's who you are. Thank you for meeting me here in Melora's Quivera. How was your journey? I'm the flaky muffin one. <laughs> Long and arduous. Uh, we knew it would be. But we thank you for being here, and we thank you for coming. I, I, uh, 
I have to say, I'm I'm in need of your help already. Uh, we, we 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 asked uh, I asked for the folks in in Buckland to send me some reinforcements, some people to take lighten the load here in Melora's Quiver. I'm the first servant to get out here, uh, and of course the the High Council has sown quite a bit of imbalance into our world, which has thrown everything into a tizzy. And there's plenty of work to be done here to try to restore that balance. And uh, I know you've just gotten here. I know that you probably are looking for some rest, but before you guys get some sleep, I would like to tell you the, the mission that I need you to get on ASAP uh, after being here. All right, then well, what of it? I'll tell you. Absolutely. Uh, so you asked about Pock earlier. I That's Pock. He is a Goliath. Uh, from the from the mountains. He lives in a village of Goliaths high in the Bone Mountains. Apparently the council felt it worth the risk to send troops to climb into the mountains in an effort to call some Goliaths for their slave camps. Pock nor his kin opted to go quietly, as Goliaths tend not to do. Uh, so there was quite the battle, and things got out of hand very quickly. <clears throat> so Pock has heard his name called. He You hear uh, as she's talking about Pock, he kind of... Uh, <clears throat> And he sits up and, and wakes up and sets his ale down on the ground beside him. And he stands up, pulls a chair from nearby, and sits down at the table right beside uh, Kate. And he uh, looks at you and gives you a, a greeting. Hello. Pleasure uh, to Bob. meet you. Name's Pock. We heard that earlier. Yes. I'm, I'm Branomir. <laughs> Brandomir. Good name. Many syllable. Name? Albedo. Name? Aramar. Good name. Many syllable. More, si- more syllable, more power. Beto. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Al. <laughs> Many syllable. <clears throat> Let's tell story. Orcs try to take youngest brothers. We fight. Black orc men throw lightning but hit mountain. Wake something up. Wake mountain up. Now mountain shake and throw snow down on villages. Below. <laughs> <laughs> and as, as he's, you can tell he's excited. He's, he's, he's yeah, he is very frustrated. Uh, he is angry that this is happening. And he's, he, you can also tell there's some concern for the villages. Uh, and Kate kind of puts her hand on his shoulder and, and says, Calm down, Pockets. It's okay. They're, they're here to help. What uh, would you like us to do? Are we evacuating the villages, or...? Absolutely. It's not quite so simple, Albedo. Uh, let me tell you. Yes, we do believe something has awoken within this mountain. Uh, Pock is not just being uh, descriptive. We do believe something has awoken in this mountain uh, beneath Pock's village. And whatever it is is shaking the mountain and causing avalanches in and around the, the area. Um, not to mention, there will likely... Uh, be some orc reinforcements that will be headed back up the mountain, likely to Pox Village to finish what they started. It tends to, if 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 settlements fight back against the orcs trying to take members of their of the villages or the settlements to to work in the in their camps, uh, if things don't go easily the first time, usually they come back and and wipe the village out. Uh, so we not only do I need you to go and go to Pox Village and try to discover what it is that has been awoken in the mountain. Uh, if you see an orc raiding party on its way to the village, I need you to dispatch it. Um, based on your reputations, I, I feel that it won't be much of a difficulty for you all. You look to be like you can handle yourselves pretty well. 
Well, while we're attending to this task, what will you be doing? Because we're here to lighten the load, right? Absolutely. You see, this is a very important task. Obviously, there is a mountain shaking, but uh, I am currently on a, a bit of a covert operation that I can't divulge the de full details to you, but uh, my task will hopefully give us a leg up in the fight <coughs> against the High Council one day. And I am actively searching for what it is I'm here for. Excellent. If it's something we can do to be of assistance, then we will do it. It is this. I need you to go up the mountain and take care of this task for me. Um, absolutely, feel free to leave in the morning. Pock, uh, you will lead them up the mountain, yes? Pock says, yes. Lead you up mountain to village. Kill orc if find. Hate orc. Yeah, Pac, my man. <laughs> <laughs> he he reaches out for a like a high five. He puts his giant hand up for you to press against very, it. Very very jump up. <laughs> so how 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 is this dynamic playing out? Because one of our characters is half orc, right? Yeah. So is it is he just like does he not even notice? Yeah. Or? In the in this world, um, like we, we discussed in Dungeon Boys, um, orcs are yes, orcs were bred to be in the army. But also there are failed orcs that are manufactured that are sent over to live regular lives. And most people see the, the orcs in the army kind of as different as regular, different from regular everyday orcs. That works. Um, so you, they can, you can walk the street without fear. Um, nobody's going to be particularly racist. Some people may be, but the general populace is not particularly racist against you. Uh, as he reaches his hand up to high five <laughs> Albedo, he says, We taste orc blood together. I look back over my shoulder a little bit and then look right at him and just play with it. Just go <laughs> play he take, along. He takes his hand down. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, Pac is a tall uh, Goliath uh, man. Uh, he carries a great axe on his back. Um, and he is a tough, tough nut to crack. Um, but he does say, do not know how to make Mountain calm down. We must try, though. Thank you for help. Absolutely, Pac. We will try. Okay, so Kate says, So that is your task, and I appreciate you for accepting it. Um, there will likely be dangers. The mountain shakes periodically, and it seems as though the, the earthquakes as you get closer to the top become more and more frequent. Avalanches are quite frequent now uh, on the slopes as well. You may have orcs to contend with. So I suggest you get a good night's sleep and start your journey in the morning. Oh, very well. I will okay. be doing the same. So she stands up and she again bows and thanks you for being there. Uh, she puts her hood up uh, and turns around and walks up the stairs. And as she turns around, she says, "Your room. The compensation for your rooms has already been received. They are prepared upstairs." And she walks up and goes to her room. That's why we didn't have to pay for rooms. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Pock settles back into his uh, corner and kind of just nods off. He, he is home. <laughs> Home is where the pot is. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, fellas, it looks like our work is cut out for us. It does. Hey, you're no, go, go ahead. I mean, it's just kind of like cut off right there. <laughs> so. Well, he, I thought he was about to say something and I cut him off. Uh, see you all in the morning. Yes, in the morning. What time? Sunrise. Always. See Always sunrise. sunrise. Okay, I'm going to pour some water for myself. I'm dripping a little bit of water on the table. Um, okay, so... You will be punished. 
So the sun go. The sun is already down. You go, guys. Go and take a sleep. You receive a full rest. Um, I imagine you were pretty tired. You were pretty exhausted from your journeys. We well, slept for a week and a half straight. The mountain destroyed um, everyone. But you wake up, and as you descend the stairs, uh, you can see through the saloon doors. Uh, there's not a whole lot of life going on in the saloon, but through the saloon doors, Pac is uh, he is strapping his uh, leather chest piece to his chest and attaching his great axe to his back, settling up, and um, Kate is outside uh, kind of having a conversation with him and seems like waiting for you guys to come outside. Fox a morning person. Yeah, it seems. Mm. I go outside. Okay. I drag along behind them, just like, hair's a mess, eyes bleary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wonderful. All right, so you turn outside and Kate says, Good morning. You, like, taking your armor like, looking at yourself. <laughs> Good morning, fellows. Good morning. I trust you slept well. We did. Good morning, Kate. Yes, and thank you for the rooms. Absolutely. Comped by the servants of the scale. We do have a few benefits um, from our stores of gold. One more thing before you go. I do have something for you. Uh, There are rumors that high in the mountains, certainly near Pox Village, there may be some dwarven ruins. Uh, It is very possible that the crafty dwarves have made either ways to get in the mountain, and if if they have made ways to get into the mountain, they will likely be difficult and puzzling. So, I have something for you. And she pulls out these kind of uh, metal-looking glasses with round frames that um, they're fairly large, and she hands them to you, whoever reaches. I'll take them. I'm kind of looking at them, looking them over. She says, those spectacles uh, were found in a dwarven ruin uh, a few months back. Uh, When you look through the spectacles, it will allow you to see dwarven runes, but in your native tongue. Uh, So when you're wearing the spectacles and you see any runes, uh, you may be able to read what they have to say and they may come in handy for you later on the mountain, since we do think there could be some dwarven ruins up there. We don't want anything to slow you down. (coughs) Much appreciated. Pac is shifting in his gear and he's he's saying, Let go! Ready? Ready, Ready. Always ready. Um... So Kate, again, she kind of curtsies and bows to you, and she says, thank you very much. This will make my life very much easier. I truly appreciate you. I wish you the best of luck, uh, and hopefully the mountain will stop shaking, and I will know that you are victorious rather soon. Uh, good luck in your journey up the mountain. Good luck to you as well. Thank you, and fairly well. Thank you. Uh, she thanks you. She straightens her quiver and her, has her bow on her back, and she walks down the street in the opposite direction from you all. Ah, uh, shall we be going Yes, of course. I like you, brother. <laughs> he ra- he puts his hand out again for another hand touch. I like you too, Pac. He doesn't really understand high fives, but he um, but he gra- he puts a hand on his axe and he says, "North," and he just begins like almost jogging north out of town. I suppose we should follow that fellow. Yeah, his jaws go a bit fast for us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so the the travel into the mountains, and if you guys want to stop for any sort of conversations or what you want to have, that's absolutely fine. But we do have a lot to go through tonight, so I don't want to slow I feel us like down. We, in this trip here, we've conversed. Oh, absolutely more than enough. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you guys uh, walk out of town. You pass through kind of some barren wasteland areas, a very desert biome. You walk through for a couple hours. <clears throat> Eventually, you reach the base of the Bone Mountains. 
Then you begin to travel into the mountains and upward along a few mountain paths. Uh, what's interesting about the Bone Mountains is that it's kind of the opposite way that nature usually happens in mountains. Is that the tree line they go is, down? Or? No, the, the tree line is opposite. The trees begin at a at kind of a halfway point on the mountains, mm. and the they're it's very barren all the way up to about halfway. Very craggy rocks um, with very little vegetation. But about halfway up, the tree line begins. There begins to be green mosses and uh, some grasses, uh, tall pines, and so you guys. Climb up into the mountains. The the path is fairly easy, fairly simple walking, um, until you do reach that tree line. The path becomes a little icier. It gets starting to get cold. The wind is beginning to blow. Snow is beginning to fall a little bit sometimes, uh, and you the the snow hangs very lightly in the the tall pines as you begin to walk through this area, uh, and you reach a fork in the road. And Pop kind of heads goes ahead of you. Um, and begins to examine internet. <laughs> Thought we had our dad on the show, guys. Right? So let him do that kind of thing. Just kidding. I enjoyed it. I'm a good. I love a good dad joke. No matter. Here's the spoon. No matter the gun from which it's fired. <clears throat> so there is a path in the uh, a fork in the path, and Pot goes up to kind of investigate and look, though he is very familiar with this path. You guys want to roll perception for me? What what have you found? Pock is kind of like bent down and he's... Nat 20. Nat 20. Boom. I like these dice. Branamir, the path to your right is obviously more worn. Uh, It's flatter. It looks to be a little bit easier to travel. Go on Uh, up. uh, Each of them tend to go up. Each of them look as though they're kind of heading in a, a similar direction. Uh, but the path to your right seems to look uh, not very... What did you get? Um, Aramar. There's right here. Aramar. You wrote them down. You I borrowed know, my pen to write them down. What did you get, Aramar? A 12. A 12? Plus... A 9. Do you plus anything to perception? <laughs> no, that is with my plus. Ooh, wow. So... Uh, it's not really hard to see this, but uh, Albedo, you are kind of you're examining your muscles a little bit, making sure you're making sure your the armor looks good and everything. Uh, but <laughs> Branamir and and Aramar both see that the the path on the right is much more worn, uh, much easier. It looks to be a much wider and easier path through the trees uh, and the rocks. But the path on the left seems to be a little bit narrower, a little bit craggier, a little bit less traveled. Uh, and the, the wall, you can see that as you go down that path, the walls begin to get a little bit higher. Uh, and there, there are trees on those walls, but the, the path looks a little bit more difficult. Uh, and as you notice that, Pock, you see that Pock has taken a few steps towards the right path, as if he knows that's the way to go and that's the way he's going to go. Uh, but then he stops in his track. And he looks back at you real quick, and he sniffs the air. And he bends down to the ground and he wipes the ground with his hand, with his fingers and he's, he sniffs the ground. Uh, and then he walks back to the fork in the road and he says, This way, left, easier path. And he turns and just walks up the left path. Pock, my friend, what, what, did you, um, what did you encounter back there? Nothing. Easier path this way. We go. Mm, what am I rolling here? Investigation what do you roll? or? Uh, you're trying to see if he's lying? Insight? What are you? Are you trying? Yeah, I'm to, trying to see like. Gotcha. I was wondering if you're trying to see for yourself what he perceived, or whether you're trying to learn something about Pock's motivations. First, I want to see what his motivations are. All right, and then so I want to see what insight. he means. Insight. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, eighteen plus two. Eighteen plus two. Yeah, he does. He Pac is like obviously. <laughs> Pac is obviously deflecting your question. He obviously was traveling, about to travel down the easier road, but turn noticed something and then turned to go down the left road. Can I roll like a nature check or something like that to see? Absolutely. What are you guys doing? Are you guys noticing any of this? I'm uh, just going to see how this played out. Sure. 18 plus 5? I like nature? <laughs> Golly, well done. Yeah, so you walk over there and through your travels... As a servant of the scale and through your travels, through your opposition to the Continental Army and the High Council and the Army of Orcs, uh, you smell a distinct smell at the fork in the road. You smell the smell of orc. You can smell the the stink that they 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 get all in their le- their leather armor. You can smell the nast just the nastiness that follows them around. The kind of just matted funk that follows them. And as you walk down the right path, it gets less and less. Um, it gets less and less uh, potent. But as you return to the fork in the road, it gets stronger, and then towards the left, it gets uh, even stronger. So it seems as though an, uh, some orcs went to the left, and Pock is desiring to go that way as well. Pock, it seems um, you want to take the road less traveled, eh? This road, best road, we go. And he turns and he's walking away at this point. He's, he's finished talking. He is headed up the, that road. I'm going to follow Fellas, I think he wants to uh, follow this way because there, there appears to be some orcs up ahead on the left side of the fork. He said the road's easier to travel this way. I'm sure he's made this trip many times before. <laughs> it's just like, ah, yeah, why not? <laughs> it's all jagged and everything. <laughs> he's not a bright man. <laughs> Albedo. He's got zero intelligence. <laughs> That's average. That's average. That's true. But he's yeah. got plus two charisma. Right. Okay, as I say that we follow our good friend Puck. Aramar, are you thinking anything, or are you right behind him? I'll go along with him. All right, so you guys kind of pick up Gimli, Legolas, and uh, Aragorn style in the montage of running across Middle-earth chasing down the hobbits, uh, and you uh, are right behind him down this path. But as you, after a few more minutes of traveling this path, you, you descend not descend, you are ascending, and as you go up the this craggy path, the walls to the left and right of you begin to get taller and taller, and your path is very narrow. You're, you're really almost single file at this point, but if you had to, you could probably get three abreast, uh, very tight. If this is the easy way to go, I can't imagine how the other path would have gone. I cannot imagine. Silly man, Baramir. Not trusting Pock like that. But by this time, Pock has kind of gotten out of your sight. The, the quick conversation you guys had of let's follow him, he is he has made this journey no matter, he lives in the mountains. And he is very, very agile when going up. And he's kind of rounded a corner up towards the top. Uh, and as you notice this, you hear a rumbling in the mountain. Uh, and you can feel a, a distant earthquake has occurred. Uh, the ground shakes beneath your feet. Uh, and everybody, you roll another perception roll for me. See what all you notice. 18. 18. What did I know? I got a f- eight. Eight. All right, it's not hard to see. Everybody, everybody's pretty good. Nobody's too distracted. Everyone looks up ahead of them, and they can see 
uh, large boulders coming down from the the higher parts of the mountain and rolling into this uh, ravine that you are walking through. Uh, and they're like way over there, or no? Like, they are headed towards you, very close. Ah. There are a boulders in the, a couple boulders, Indiana Jones style, ahead of you, rolling down towards That's you. That's what I'm afraid um, of. So at this point, I'm going to need for everyone to roll a dexterity. Uh, you can either roll a dexterity check if you would like to dodge. And tell me what you want to do. Excuse me. I'm not, I don't need. To, I don't need to give you a menu. Tell me what I you want. I want to re-roll that one. <laughs> don't worry about that one. I was. Uh, huh? Does it look like about a half ton boulder? There's some, <laughs> <laughs> there's some big boulders and there's some Stop small boulders. Bring it on. You're welcome to do what I... So I want to take back the rolls and play, yeah, play, I'm, I, I play the game. What do I'm going to run. Do? I'm going to dodge. I'm a, guys, that looked like trouble. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Okay, good. Does it look like we can like get up against the wall like the pass? Uh, if you choose to try to dodge, you'll have to roll for that. Um, I'm going to try to dodge out of the way. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of squishy, so... I don't know. <laughs> uh, what did you roll? Uh, crit fail. Can I, oh, shoot. Can I try to pull him? Um, yeah, give me a second. Right, so I'm also going to try to dodge. Okay. I got a 16 plus your saving throw. Zero. Zero. So I got 16. Yeah. Okay, so Albedo and Aramar both see the boulders coming down the pike, and they each jump to each jump to different sides. You actually have to take a few steps up the walls of the of the ravine that you're in to um, get out of the way of these boulders as they roll down. But each of you kind of climb up the side, and in so doing, uh, each of you. Uh, going one way and the other, uh, Brandomir is a little bit torn. He sees one go one way and one go the other way out of his periphery, and it's just a, too quick of a distraction. And the boulder is coming right for you. I don't know if a crit fail. I can allow you to help him. Can I allow you to? I have protection fighting style. I can use a reaction to cause disadvantage on an attack. If you want to, uh, I don't think yeah, that I'll, would be like a boulder. Though. I'll allow. I mean, I'll allow it though. You see, you you can like this is right before. It's going to require a good deal, a good roll. But this boulder is right at. So say like disadvantage on a boulder's attack. I'm gonna let you re-roll. I was gonna say, I'm would gonna it be like you, advantage? I'm gonna give you help. Yeah. Um. So as. Albedo jumps to kind of like Spider-Man up this wall and the boulder goes by. He reaches back a hand for Brandomir. Nothing. 12 plus nothing. That is, going to, that is going to get you almost out of the way of this boulder. Instead of being rolled right over, you're just going to get about the, the left side of your body is going to bang against this boulder. Completely um, caved in. He's going to gra- uh, you grab Albedo's hand. Could have been worse. You, like a half-empty toothpaste. No, yeah. <laughs> you grab Albedo's hand, and in so doing, the boulder does collide with you, and you smack against the wall behind him, Woo. kind of swinging with his arm down the the ravine, uh, and you're still being held on to by and Albedo. And well, you're he's gonna a take, half elf, right? He's light. <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> just that half. Elf. <laughs> you're really a half elf. Yeah. It's like just the upper half. You're a quarter elf. Quarter elf. <laughs> um, so take a D10 worth of damage for me. That'll work. Nine or six. I think it's nine. Lines on the bottom. Nine. Ooh, rough. Nine. Rough, rough roll. Be all right. Okay. So you take the damage, and then sadly enough, your job is not finished as you guys kind of like step down off the 
uh, boulder or off the walls back behind these boulders as they continue rolling down the path back towards the bottom of the mountains and everything. Uh, you look ahead of you and you can hear a different noise. It's almost like the rush of snow. In fact, it is the rush of snow. Here comes the avalanche behind the boulders <laughs> like that, that shook loose first. And so now the ravine you're in is, is filling with snow, a big trough of snow, and the, the snow is barreling down. Uh, so what do you do? So is there any way out of the ravine? That's what I'm wondering. Really? Ahead of us? Is, there like a, is there like a little crag or something yeah. that cuts off to the side or something somewhere? Uh, you're pretty perception, well, maybe? You're, you're pretty well. Uh, you can certainly roll perception to look for things like that. I'm looking um, for a way I would out. imagine roll survival. At 20. Okay. No, I'm going. <laughs> so, Brandamir, you do see some, some very uh, some good handholds. Uh, for being able to crawl up on this wall and get above the line of the snow that's coming, so that'll give like you advantage. One good hand left. Can I? <laughs> no, you're not that. You're not that hurt, are you? All right, so tell you what. So since I'm Aramar, since I'm ha- since I'm the half orc, and I can I can push it. I can push a half a ton. I got my great shield. I'm gonna jump in front of these guys and I'm gonna dig in. Now that I, is what that's I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to let the snow hit the shield and blast over the top while Albino, <laughs> Albino, <laughs> Albino drags the poor little injured half elf up the crag. So, oh, my man. all right, I when love I, it. When I said avalanche in my brain, this is what I pictured. It's a beautiful thing. It's the genetic material. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to need you to roll strength. Boom. Roll a strength check. Um, oh. Yep. I got a, I rolled a seven plus four is 11. Speed like a, uh, what is it? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy moment. All right, do you, I can take it. No, you can't. <laughs> it's like a whole mountain coming this do, way. Do y'all? Do you call out to them to tell them that's what you're going to do? Yeah, I okay. tell them I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to shield Albedo while he takes. All right, so you jump Brand, in and you told Brand them Muffin up the mountain. I'm going work. to imagine that if you jumped in front of them, you're close enough to Albedo that if he wanted to push against you to help you, he could. Woo. I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that if you'd like, Albedo. Yeah. Uh, I'll use my protection fighting style, put a shield up with him. Okay, as a cool. reaction. Very cool. So um, roll again, Dad, with gives advantage. You advantage. Cool. Hey, there we go. 13. 13. Plus, Plus four is seventeen. That'll do it. So more contrast on them. I've just got to look. I'm not used to playing oh, something just, so squishy. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm I'm enjoying this. So you so um, Brandemir with his small frame just taking injury, he very adeptly looks around, finds a good handhold, and presses himself against it, and holds on to the side of the cliff as the as the uh, or the side of the the slanted wall as the snow comes down. Albedo jumps in in front of him uh, to try to do whatever he can to block for Brandemir, and then uh, <clears throat> Aramar jumps in front with his giant uh, what do you call a shield? Do you call that bulwark? Bulwark shield. Bork. Bulwark. I'm not sure, but the big (laughs) man-length shield, and he drops it down into the the dirt and presses himself against it with all his 1,000-pound pushing power. Uh, And just behind him, Albedo puts his shield up as well and presses against him, and the snow hits you. And uh, that's how we all die. (laughs) It it hits you like... um, Bulwark, yeah. Like uh, the thing on the front of a train for cattle. 
imagine just a, a avalanche of cow, a bull plow, and the bull. snow just goes. Cow catcher. The, yeah. Yeah, the, the snow just shoots around you, and the, the shield is beginning to freeze, and uh, Aramar, your arm is getting cold, and there's snow like shooting over you like a, a convertible in a rainstorm, uh, but with snow. <laughs> and there's <laughs> snow filling the, the ravine around you. Uh, and then the avalanche fo- uh, subsides, and you are now in about two feet of snow. You're standing, uh, and you survived the avalanche. But, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's always but, but a- abs- yeah. absolutely. If you'd like to role play what has happened um, after the avalanche, that happened. That was on purpose. They that was ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds like the wild mustangs. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. Thanks. Bramir, are you well? I'll, uh, I could use some healing, but I think I'll manage. All right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of this ravine. This is rocks and snow. This is enough. Let's go. Let's I, climb. We I don't think this see is if we a good climb place up. to be. All right, as Aramar takes his shield and tells you guys it's time to go, he brushes it off. This The frost shakes from his shield. Uh, but you hear groans that are not from your own party. You hear... Oh no! Oh no! Then, from the thing you hear as well. So, you heard Pock's voice just now. He's not another avalanche. And right in front of you, uh, Pock uh, must have lost his footing or something in the avalanche. Sits up out of the snow. Uh, and he's probably about five feet in front of you. Um, and he turns around and he says, Oh, found orcs and then as he points forward you see um four orcs sit up out of the snow uh and brush themselves off and say by the gods no one told us there would be avalanches up here and they sit up out of the thing and then they turn to see you the snow and they say what are you doing up here (coughs) avalanching what? Sound like an English Australian orc? I don't or know what they are. <laughs> They're orcs. <laughs> We're hiking, my good man. Hiking? Just yes, out hiking. for a walk. What are you doing here? With our friend Park. Uh, as you as you say, our friend Park, uh, Park stands up and says, turns around to you and puts up his hand and says, <laughs> "We taste orc blood today, brother," and unsheathes his axe. <laughs> It says, Cut for my father! <coughs> and oh, runs okay. toward the orcs, and I need everyone to roll initiatives. We really need to work old Pops. <laughs> Negotiation skills. I got a four. I'm starting not to like these dice anymore. They either roll a really two. Good or a two. A whole two. I got a two. I got a whole two. A whole two. What do I add to it? Give me a green <laughs> dice, man. I'm a green orc. I need a green die. You. You would add this to Aramore, it. Aramore, what you got for me? I have no initiative. I got 17. <laughs> I got two. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit back and watch. All right. Two. <laughs> Bryce, what'd you get? 17. Brandon, you? I, um, I got four. So I guess I feel a little sympathy toward my orc brother in there. So. Huh? Yeah. That's up to you. Um, just based on placement, it will make a little bit of uh, sense, I guess. But not, well, not really with these rolls. Albedo, you're going to be going first, my friend. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Uh, the orcs will be going next. Go for it, Al. After that will be Pock. 
That's a really After good that, name for a character. It'll be Branimir. Albedo. Yeah. Especially a very flashy character. And then yeah. Aramar. I'm you coming be, in last, man. I'm going to clean up. He's so very far ahead of you. He got I'm four. cleaning up. I'm going to come in and clean up. Bat and clean up for the orcs. Um, sure. Clean up detail. All right. How did, how did our, our good buddy Pac do? Pac is not so great. He's still he's still seated, so he's going to be standing up. or mm-hmm. Well, he's kind of getting up, and he's taking off his axe, and he's he's in the middle of a battle cry saying, For Father. Um, battle cry takes ten minutes. So Albedo, uh, looking down the ravine, so the way the snow is, the snow has kind of filled the ravine, you've got a little bit of a wider area. It's about a 30-foot wide space that you can fight in, but it is difficult terrain, cutting your movement speed in half. Uh, so everybody's How movement. How far are they? Uh, your, the, your orc foes are... They're kind of in a, a four, like a square formation. Uh, so the closest ones are about 30 feet away, and the farthest ones are about uh, probably 40 feet away. Okay. Just farther down the ravine? Yes, just directly ahead of you. Okay. Um, so you guys, uh, Pock is ahead of you. Uh, Aramar is right behind Pock. To the right of him is Albedo, and in the bringing up the rear is uh, Branamir. All kind of within five feet of each other. It worked pretty tight. Branamir's not feeling very good. Just to let you know. Okay. <clears throat> How far are you from me? Mm, I'm like behind where you are, right? All right. Yeah. You're close. Okay. You're all about five feet away from each okay, other. So you I guys can... are kind of in a diamond formation. I'm, so I'm can... bringing up the rear, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. I can reach him from where I am right now. Right? Absolutely. You okay. Can. Then I'm gonna reach back and do lay on hands. How much help do you need? Um, like eleven. Okay, yeah. I give him 11 health. I can heal up no, to 15. No, I need 9. I took 9. Okay, so. I can heal up to 15. Alright, take 11 Two health, nine. my boy. Nine. And then I'm going to move 15 feet towards the orcs and end my turn. Alright, I'll be... I feel much better. Thank you. Thank you, Albedo. You're welcome, friend. Ha <laughs> And I rush into battle, brandishing so, yeah. my warhammer. Yeah, you brandish your warhammer and you step <laughs> high through the snow <laughs> trying to get through them. Um... So the or- it's the orcs' turn. It's so um, loud you can hear another avalanche probably down the way. <laughs> so the orcs kind of, uh, two of them in the <clears throat> rear take out their javelins and brandish them. Uh, and the two in the front take out their war axes uh, oh. and put them in their hands. And they begin military style, all four of them marching towards you. Can I ready my shield is like block something incoming since I didn't take an action that turn? Reading your shield just increases your AC, does it not? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think okay, then yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. you certainly can do that. Um, so you, you move forward with your hammer in the air and your shield, um, and they are stepping towards you. Uh, and as they move their 15 feet, the two orcs in the back are going to toss their javelins, one at Pock and one at you, um, Albedo. Ow. You can call me out. Um, <laughs> That'll work. So they're gonna hit Pock. Pock is gonna take. Pock is holding his great axe, and Pock, the one orc in I'm the back. A, I'm gonna use protection then as reaction. Uh, okay. I, Fortunate disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, use reaction. Cause disadvantage on attack against the target within five feet. Is he within five feet of me? The target? Uh, uh, Pop? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, I picture you raise your warhammer, and as you do to call into battle, you slam your hammer against the shield, <laughs> and it sh- kind of shakes 
the orcs uh, uh, kind of shakes them. They can't do their aim very well. So this is just one attack it works on, right? Um, that was a so, good roll. Yeah, this was a good roll. So the first one's still going to hit, sadly. Uh, so Pock is going to reach out. He has his uh, war axe in his hand, uh, but he is going to take... He's going to take four damage. Um, so Pock is going to take a javelin like right into his left shoulder, and he it, it's he's got his axe in his hand. And he hits it, and his hand flies off of his flies off of his axe, um, and then he reaches his hand with the javelin still kind of through his shoulder back up to his axe, and he lets out a uh, war cry. Um, and then the other javelin is going to be thrown at you, big boy. Uh, is a ten going to beat your AC? No. All right, so you. I'm not gonna yeah, <laughs> yeah. The javelin comes in and you swing your shield and send, <laughs> send, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send the javelin sliding into the snow. Um, Welcome to our world. Won't yeah. you join us? <laughs> it is Pock's turn. You will not uh, best me. After the orcs have come within, they move their fifteen feet. Pock can now move fifteen feet to an orc. He's going to run his best over there and just swing down on the first one with his great axe. They moved in? Yeah, they moved in. Now he's moving in. Okay, so they were 30 feet away from me. I moved in 15. They moved in 15. They should be right on top of me, right? Yes, they're currently right on top of you at this point. Mm-hmm. So you're right in front of the orc that is directly in front of... Um, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't... That one could have attacked you, but that's okay. Uh, so, you, so you're like right in front of the orc that is in the front on the right mm-hmm. uh, and Pock moves up to the one on the left thinking that you've got that one taken care of and he swings down on the orc on the left and that's going to be a big old hit with Pock's great <clears throat> axe um, oh boy uh, he's going to do 14 damage so he takes his axe and just sinks it right across the chest of the orc going deep into his through his leather armor and you see blood spurt out of each side of the axe uh, as a big hole in the armor is left and he pulls it out and you can see a little bit of a little bit of bone uh, a little bit of sternum there from the orc that and the orc lets out a cry as blood begins to seep out of his mouth what number orc is that going to be <laughs> behind the curtain <laughs> okay uh, so Branamir it's your turn big bad boy I am going to try chromatic orb. Actually, wait a minute. Just trying to get a bearing on everything. Mm-hmm. Two of them moved up closer to these guys. Four, four. They moved as a unit, so all oh, they four did. moved. So all four of them moved up closer. Yeah. Okay. The farthest so, ones away from you now are about twenty-ish feet away, twenty-five feet away. Okay. So I'm going to use. Don't check that. that going, don't check back on that math. <laughs> I'm not used to playing something quite so squishy. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to use. This is a tough one. All right, I'm gonna use chromatic orb. Chromatic orb. Yeah, I gotta look that one up. I've never used it. So. Uh, hurl a four-inch diameter sphere of energy at a creature that you can see within range, which is 90 feet. Yeah, they're in range. Yeah, they're in range. <laughs> um, choose acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder. I'm going to use uh, fire damage. Why not? Okay. Uh, make a range spell attack against the target. If the, target hits, if the attack hits, the creature takes 3d8 damage of the type you choose. So range spell attack. That is... Um, 
plus a spell attack bonus. I've never maged a I ranger imagine spell so, attack. Yeah, I think, yeah your, atta- your spell attack bonus would make sense to me on that one. Boom. So, 8 plus 5. What's that, 13? 13. That's going to hit an orc. Cool. Who right. are you shooting at? Um, I guess one of the farthest ones I can catch. Okay, so, so based on where I you are. I've got a long range for it. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of four. So, mm-hmm. two on top, two on bottom. So, I guess just pick if you want to go back left or back right. I'll go back right. Okay, so your orb passes between the two orcs in the front and collides with the orc on the back right. All right. Um, as okay. he's reaching for another javelin. 3d8, that's a, that's a 2, 1, and 3. So that's going to be 6 damage. Um, and then can I can I cast a cantrip? That was a spell. Can I cast a cantrip too? Can you cast a cantrip as a bonus action? I'm pretty sure that's a wizard. Think, so. no, yeah, I don't think you a, can always do that. That's a war that. caster thing. That's okay. a feat. Yeah, okay, cool. Right. How much damage was it? 6? 6. 6 whole damage. Okay, so fire. Right. Yeah. Okay, so this orc... But I can only cast one spell per turn, right? Correct. Okay, cool. Unless you have any sort of feats or anything. Right. Is there Um, any kind of cover near us? I mean, I know some stuff was moving around. There's not a whole lot. Uh, You could duck behind some snow, which is not great cover. If you want to, like, lay down and conceal yourself. There's some craggy rocks, I suppose, and maybe you can... I'll see if I can kind of get amongst the rocks a little bit. Okay, we'll say that you kind of press into the side, kind of make yourself... A horizontal to where you make yourself skinny so you're kind of in half cover you're a little bit harder to see so you kind of press up against the wall and kind of behind um albedo kind of blocking good old shiny so your chromatic orb of fire passes between the two front orcs and into the back uh, right rear orc and they just got up out of an avalanche they're kind of covered in snow and their their hair is frozen and everything so your fire wraps around uh, this orc and he is the only orc that is completely dry and completely snow free at this point and he is singed and that hurt him a good bit mm. um, so now Aramar it is your turn alright so how far away I'm, I'm, I'm within like 20 feet of the orc you're so within well. 15 feet of the orc I'm within 15 feet point, of the yeah. orcs okay Right. How many how many orcs are left? There are all four are of them are alive. All four. The the there is one that looks particularly rough, and he is on the front left. The one that Pock just struck in the chest is looking looking pretty rough. So we got three still standing, right? Uh, four still standing, one looking pretty rough. Pretty rough. Okay. All right. So, um, I'm going to use my spiritual weapon here because I got okay. a range of sixty feet. Cool. All right, so I'm gonna conjure up. Uh, I'm gonna conjure up my spiritual weapon, and it says it can uh, got a range of 50 feet. And it can do against a creature within five feet of the weapon. So, okay. how wide is the ravine at this point? About 30 feet wide. About 30 feet wide. Yeah. Is everybody in the middle? Or are they all? Would, would they all be within? There's a little bit of spread, but the four orcs are within five feet of each other. So okay. if you if you drop a pin in the center of that square, that they're all within five feet of one another. All right. Okay. So, what is your spiritual weapon? Is that like a I make a sword far away that can? Yeah, it's it's a I, I can I can create a floating weapon that okay. lasts for the duration. Okay. It can be anything that I decide it wants to be. Okay. So. What do you want it to be? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to conjure a giant. So I'm going to conjure a giant studded mace. Okay. And then I am going to whip that down into the middle of the orc pod. Cool. Is that possible? Can you make um, it that big? It's I mean, your world, man. <laughs> yeah. It can take any form you choose. 
was does one d eight of force damage. It, it can look like whatever you want, but it's going to do a delay. I, I think my only D8. problem is, uh, sure, it could be a giant mace. It's just a spiritual <laughs> weapon. Yeah, you can try to hit all four of them. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is a one-off bonus episode. Right. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, so I'm gonna. You need to roll an attack roll with, I guess, yeah. your spellcasting modifier. Okay. So, so Bryce, help him with that. D20 yeah. plus six. 15 plus 6. No, what is that? What is that? I gotta get that's, better glasses. That's, that's a 15. 15 plus you need dice that you can see. Plus 6. That's 21. Okay, so the snow on their feet makes it very hard for them. They're focused on you guys. They're not expecting a mace from above. Um, what color is your spiritual mace? Or does it like look like a real mace? So is it it's like. Look, it's like green lantern, man. It's a okay. big green mace. Okay, perfect. Okay. So a giant green mace appears above their heads that they just don't notice. The snow is too thick for them to get out of the way by the time it swings down, and it collides with all four of them. Spikes smacking them on the way down, um, kind of brushing past them. So roll, just roll damage for one, and I'll apply it to everybody. These orcs just didn't see it coming. So that's a D12 roll? Yes, yeah. yeah, a D8. D8? Now, yeah. I'm setting a dangerous precedent with this spiritual that's weapon. Uh, next time you use it, I, I can't allow you to make like a 747 that flies into the <laughs> dragon or whatever. Plus the spellcasting ability. That would be really cool, though. <laughs> yeah. So that would be nine damage. I got a nine damage. Okay. Nice. So one, the ore that looked particularly bad, um, your mace collides with him kind of heavily. Your aim is a little bit off, and it comes mostly down on that one. Uh, and he takes the brunt of that mace. The big green mace just kind of absorbs him and smashes him into the snow. Uh, and you see his body smash into the snow right in front of Pac. And he lets out a... And then he breathes no more. And that orc is dead in the snow with a, doing one final snow angel. Uh, his first and last snow angel as orcs do not know the meaning of fun in this world. He died a sad, sad person. Very uh, sad. So Very sad. that orc is dead. Boom. And so ends your turn unless you want to move. So that also says, can I also do a bonus action? Of course. All right, so it says as a bonus, I can move the weapon up to 20 p and repeat the attacks against the creature. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wow. try. I am playing whack an orc with my <laughs> giant green All right, so I'm just imagining the movement of the maces that you just... Okay, this is, it's become obvious to me that there's no, the weapon's not supposed to be as big as we've allowed it to be. It's supposed to only attack one thing and you can make it attack something else. I've set a dangerous precedent, so I can't let it happen again, but I do have to allow it now. The 20 feet goes directly up. (laughs) 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 And uh, you just bring the mace down again, so I'm going to have to make you roll an attack roll again on this one. All right, so that's going to be, that's going to be what, my uh, D20? Yeah. yeah, the reasonable DM in me hopes that you miss. <laughs> I got a... 16. 16. <laughs> well, you six. didn't miss. Plus 6. I got a 22. <laughs> Good gravy. All right. Um, that so, means it hits. Yeah, yeah it hits. Yeah. Roll damage for me. That's a D8. Uh-huh. 4. Plus 6. 6 is 10. <laughs> More damage than the first one. <laughs> Sorry, you said 10. Well, Sorry. I got my aim down. It's, you know... That's what it is. You try wheeling a giant green so you, studded so ten, mace. So hey, 10 damage on that one, you said? Yeah. All right, so... You could have certainly deflated after the first attack. <laughs> uh, so, you again, so your first so your first one kind of went down and to the left as far as the square of orcs is concerned. 
so you try to correct that and go a little bit up and to the right this time and smash the orc on the top right, the one that uh, just got hit with the flames, and your mace just crashes down hard on that orc, smashes him into the ground as well, and he is just but orc paste in the in the ground. He is dead. Um, the other two are knocked by your mace away from the mace, and so each of them slam into the side of the cliff walls, and they... Are, they are bleeding from their from open wounds, and they lie against the walls, um, kind of breathing heavily, and they just almost can't move at this point. Um, they they don't cry out. They don't. They're just. They're obviously exhausted and, and at the point of death. And now, Albedo, it is your turn. Hey, who's left? The one right in front of me is left, right? The one right in front of you has, instead of being right in front of you, has just slammed against the, the, the face of the ravine to your right and is like laying, staring at the sky, waiting for death. Which side is uphill, left or right? Um, you're looking direct forward, so that would be up the path you're going to. Uh, so to the right, so yeah, he's leaning on the wall to your right. Okay, so to my left is downhill. You're facing up to up the path, so up These the mountain. Oh, no, you're looking up. Behind you're looking up the path. It's just yeah. Yeah, behind you is okay. down. Directly in front of you. I is thought we were like going up the mountain, like a kind no, of. No, we're in a ravine. No, just a just a straight line right now. I got you. Okay, um, then I'm just gonna go in. How bad is he looking? He is looking rough. Like he's got maybe a couple more breaths. He's him. looking emaciated. Ah. Uh, Warhammer then. Okay. Um, oh boy. <laughs> just gonna. Roll with advantage. Okay. He's not going to try to stop you. <laughs> he wants it to. Uh, let's say... 23. That hits. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that hits. But I appreciate right. you saying out loud. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do it as a... No, I can't do it as a two-handed. I'm using a shield. So that's Do you a, roll above a one? Yeah. Yeah, you hit, you kill him. Okay. Uh, so you take your hammer. I imagine you, um, since he is on the right, you lower your, your sword and with your right hand reach kind of across your chest to the left and just squat him. Uh, where, where are you hitting him? Head? Body? Uh-huh. I'm thinking I'm kind of coming down. Okay. Straight like whack-a-mole? Yep. Okay, so yeah, your, your hammer presses his head into his chest cavity. Um, he's weak. His muscles are weak, and he's got nothing left, and... and he met, ma- the, the only sound that can be heard is the sound of his bones cracking and his flesh tearing on with as his head goes down into his body. It's it's hard, it's really quite horrifying. Um, <laughs> uh, and Albedo has offed another orc. And <laughs> I picture as you're laughing, like orc blood splashes on your face. Hey, Pac, how's this for orc blood? <laughs> How does it taste? Like victory, <laughs> truly, forefather. <laughs> he reaches another his, his axe to the sky, uh, and as he reaches his axe to the sky, I mean, I'm not, I don't think this orc is about to survive. What he's going to do? Uh, so as he reaches his axe to the sky, he looks down at the javelin uh, in his shoulder, um, pulls out the javelin, and like a little bit of his blood spurts out, and he turns the javelin around and pulls it back, and um, the orc is forfeiting his turn. He's got nothing left. Uh, he he the orc like the orc shifts on the wall like he's he's bleeding out already, and uh, Pock pulls the javelin out of his own shoulder and raises it above his head and throws it at that orc and nails him right in the head. Sticking the the javelin goes into his head and goes into the side of the mountain, sticking the orc 
attaching him to the mountain, and your combat is over. Woo. That'll work. Victory! Woo! <laughs> Pox. Woo! Pox. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Pox puts his a- or he put he dunks his axe in the snow and swishes it around and orc blood comes off of it and it's kind of clean when he pulls it out and puts it on his back. Just kind of like a handful of snow and kind of wipe myself down, and make myself look beautiful. Again. Um. <clears throat> so wow, he got two pop. Ah. He's doing it. He's pulling out the dad jokes. <laughs> You knew this would happen. You knew it would happen. That's why we put him on the show. That's right. That's right. This This is gold right here. The show was not funny enough (laughs) before. Uh, So, Pac uh, puts his sword on his back and he says, We'll tell mother of our victory to the village. And he begins to walk up the mountain. Um, What do y'all do? Pac is a very determined fellow. I've only been recording. Uh, Hot minute. Hot about a minute. And about an hour and ten minutes. Emphasis on that yeah, hot man. part. We are beating here. It is hot up in this place. Yeah. We suffer for your entertainment. We do. However, I will say very happily, it is not 4 o'clock in the morning. That's James. true. But it is cooler at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It is. Um, it is cooler. It is cooler. I got your paper yeah, is sticking, paper to, is sticking you. to me. But tonight you're sweating with the oldie. That's, you knew this would happen. <laughs> that's a good joke. That, that's a that's that's a probably that's a deep cut for some. Um, let's let's, go, let's play some more D and D though, shall let's we? Everybody it, good? Everybody need a break? I was kind of thinking it, but if we want to keep going, let's go. Yeah, take a break real quick if you want. I have the power Press of cutting. On. I have the power of, of stopping. Still happening. That is odd. Maybe it is a computer. That's your computer. <coughs> and now it is not the case. Okay. Well, we'll see. That's weird. That is weird. Very odd. Very odd indeed. Okay. Well, in the meantime. Highly irregular, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm glad we stopped to do something about it. Yeah, that was... Did it do that all through the last one? Oh, uh, no, it did not. I I noticed in the podcast there's some yeah audio interference going on. So. It has to do with the computers and the phones and I think being nearby. I tried to fight it a little bit with the, putting the mixer on the ground, but I'm not sure exactly what causes it. You can get some ferrite beads to put on the cables and it'll block a lot of that okay. interference too. So. All right. <clears throat> And we are back from our break. Uh, so you guys are ascending the mountain. There's really no other mishaps or misfortunes that befall you on the way up to the top uh, where Pock's village is. Pock is continually uh, asking you to come and follow him. He's, he's directing you to come uh, and, and uh, join him on his journey quickly upward. And you come to the out of the ravine and you walk through the, the trees and the, the, the pines and you get to the top or what looks to be the top of the mountain, and when you rise to the top, you can see this flat area uh, where Pock's village is. He is uh, beckoning you forward to come and join him in his village. Um, And what you see is this flat area, uh, this flat, rocky space where these Goliaths have set up their kind of temporary... um, their temporary village. 
because they're kind of a nomadic people, they tend to spend a few months here, spend a few months there. They explore around the mountains, uh, gathering uh, supplies and killing beasts and doing all kinds of things. But this is a very interesting spot they've taken up camp because the big focal point of their village, what they kind of built their village uh, in front of, is the base of a giant dwarven hammer. About 40 feet wide, made of stone, and 30 feet, 20 feet tall. Uh, and the hammer, or the handle of this stone kind of statue hammer, handle of the stone statue hammer goes directly upward and into the hand of a statue of a great dwarven god named Moradin. Moradin, however you pronounce it. But it's a, a great statue that stands with, he ha, he's kind of kneeling on one knee on top of the mountain. The statue is a hundred feet tall and he's grabbing this hammer that is pressed down into the uh, <clears throat> into this flat area where they have their village. And so the, the mountain peak, imagine yourself on kind of a flat disc kind of towards the top of a mountain, but right on the far end of this disc is where the actual peak goes up. And that is where Moradin is kneeling uh, with his statue. Well, fellas, you don't see that every day. Unless you live here. Then you'd see it every day. Yes, you're quite right. Arma, I think we found a hammer that even you cannot lift. We'll see. Uh, Yes, and so that... The hammer is pressed against the, the peak. It's kind of it's flush against the, the mountain wall behind it. Uh, and so the village is kind of surrounding it. Tents, very thick tents made of hide. Uh, some wooden structures, but mostly tents. Uh, and Pock goes sprinting over towards a tall uh, Goliath woman uh, with graying hair and, and, and also it's some tribal Pock. black tattoos uh, <clears throat> on her face. And she says, Welcome home, son. And she, they embrace and have a big, like, warrior's hug. And he say, Mother, I avenge father, kill orc. New friend and I taste orc blood today. He, wave from back there. <laughs> she says, New friend, come join. I walk over. Don't think she's inviting us for tea. <laughs> hey there, Mama Park. I put my hand up in the... Hand touch. She she confusedly puts her hand out, like lowers it to you to touch it, um, and she say, "What say?" I mean, like, what did I what say? What you say? Oh, I said greetings, Mama Park. Mama Park, not name. <laughs> she says, "You here to to calm Mountain down?" We're gonna try. Yes. She say, mountain very angry. Do not know how to calm. Do not know what to do. We're going to try to find out. What is your name? Uh, uh, my name is Monpok. Ah. Well, Monpok. Let's do what I call Monpok. <laughs> That's just my reaction. It's just well, Bryce. I named her many, many hours ago. I'll have you know. At and least I won't allow you to roll insight on that. <laughs> so, Monpok, how long have you lived in the mountains? Lived in mountains all life. Mountain liver. Are there no legends about the mountain that what might be awakened? This mountain. Yes. 
Monpok do not know any legend about Mountain sleeping or waking up. Uh, Monpok, have you... Um, before, at least not Yes, recently. yes. Have you ever noticed this happening before? No. Never wake up Mountain before. She seems confused that you'd ask such a strange question. She say, you must ask to sleep again. We cannot live with with mountain roaring and destroying villages below. Where do you hear it roaring from the most? She points like down directly into the core of this mountain, and like she she's like points around the area and down underneath the, the great mountain that you're standing on. She say, "This mountain, one that wake." Uh, and at, like I should have mentioned it on your way up, but there have been several more like shakings, and these these earthquakes are are becoming rather frequent. Probably every ten to fifteen minutes, you hear like a shake and um, the sound, and you can it can you can feel it within this mountain. Uh, Monpak, could you could you tell us? Have you seen any cave openings or entries into the mountain? I'm sure you've seen several on your your journeys across these hills. Uh, she says, not know how to get in mountain. May do no strange word on hammer over there. Maybe this means something about mountain. Maybe this word to calm down. Hey, Brand Muffin, use those glasses we got from Kate. Uh, yeah, yes, Aramara. I, I think you may be. I think you may be correct. <laughs> Thank you, Monpak. Thank you. We'll go check out the strange writing. You're welcome. I'll be right here. Watch you. Make sure you make Mountain go sleep again. I'm taking out these weird goggle glasses things. Okay. So this this hammer is probably 100 feet away. Like it's a little bit of a walk from where the tents are. So you guys walk over there, I guess. Cool. As you do, Pock, um, Pock waves. He waves to you. Says, "Thank you for more bloodshed. Very thank. New friends. Anytime, Pock. Anytime." Just Come let back. me know. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bobby's a hobby, man. He has a hobby. I think killing is his hobby. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a warrior culture. Mm. Uh, so you guys walk over to the hammer. Um, I'm checking and, it out. And you stand so we're looking around it. the hammer. The closer you get to the hammer, like just the, the more massive this thing is. Did you know what? Oh, boy. Uh-oh. It's hammer time. It is hammer time. It is indeed. Dad, I... I don't know, but there's got to be an iTunes limit to dad jokes. <laughs> it's I, in the contract. There's something. We'll pay extra for it. It'll be all right. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna cost us. You're gonna cost us some money. <laughs> all right. So but keep up the good work. What are these? What are these strange? So yeah, there are. You what do, do they look like? You do discover some some ancient runes on the side of this on the side of this hammer. Very very reminiscent uh, for your, our players of the door to the Mines of Moria in Lord of the Rings. Um, a great arched inscription across the side of this hammer uh, oh, yeah. in, in Orvin. Nice. Speak, I remember that yeah, one. Speak friend, speak friend and enter. Um, we, we got one pair of glasses for the yep. group, right? Mm-hmm. Or we get one Just each. one. Okay. One pair. So tell us, Brandemir, what's it say? Yeah, these are runes you guys don't recognize. I've been trying to check them out. Okay, so you slide your glasses on, uh, and the runes that were once old and, and craggy and uh, messed up. We got camera problems, Bryce? Uh, I'm not. I'm usually from farther over, just making sure the oh. light's flashing. Yeah, uh, so you go and you 
check out the uh, oh boy I've clicked the wrong button on my lappy top uh, so you check out the inscription and you can read it now what was once this uh, kind of worn and eroded uh, inscription now reads in common uh, directly before you and what it says to identify what the language was before uh, you just know it was kind of it was just in some ancient tongue and she said it translates Old dwarven stuff. things okay. so you assume that this is ancient dwarven runes hey, okay. um, and what you read is this two lines the top line says when your days are finished depleted all your stores the second line reads this your last and dying wish that your sons have more. I can repeat it whenever, but that is what is written before you. Can you repeat it now? Of course. The inscription reads, When your days are finished, depleted all your stores, this your last and dying wish, that your sons have more. Hmm. Okay, then. So I, I let them know what it says. Okay. Can I roll intelligence to see if I can figure out what the meaning behind this might be? Do <laughs> you roll intelligence for the answer? Like, is this? I guess what I'm asking is, is this something part of this world? Like something that I would have heard before? Or? Sure. Yeah, you can roll for that. Okay. Because I that's part of my character's thing is like I read every book I come across. Uh, eight plus three. Uh, from what you've read, you know that the the dwarves, um, back when they were one of the more the most powerful races of Medine, um, back when they mined gold and, and hoarded treasure and everything, they would they would lock things away. They were very secretive, uh, and a lot of times they would enchant doorways with <coughs> riddles, um, seeking a word, seeking an answer. Uh, and ah. you you recognize that this may indeed be a riddle that that needs a, a, a one word answer. Well, see, there we go, guys. I think that this may be a riddle of sorts. Okay. Let's read it one more time, shall we? Absolutely. <laughs> when your days are finished, depleted all your stores. This your last and dying wish that your sons have more. Oh boy. <laughs> this is a Keith Melinda original that I'm pretty happy with this might take a minute I imagine you guys would discuss it aloud as your characters when your days are finished depleted are all, your all de your stores depleted all your stores oh, depleted all your stores this your last and dying wish that your sons have more hmm Fellas, so, do you have any ideas? Time. Are you speaking that? To him. To Josh? To, to Brandomir? To Brandomir. Okay. You speak that word and nothing happens. I don't think that was it. Hmm. Days are finished. Depleted all your stores. Aramar, what are you? While we're thinking about this, what are what are, what are you doing? What's the what's what's Aramar looking like? If I were to look at Aramar right now as he stares at this and is thinking, what does his body language say? Sons have more. Does he uh, like riddles or does he not care for stuff like this? I, I'm really is is I'm not too much of a riddle guy. Okay. So I am. A, I'm just. I am. A, I'm walking all around this okay. giant statue and looking for things and looking for. 
okay, so see roll, if there's any other way that we can we can get in. So roll um, investigation. So adventures. Well, that's not going to be very good because I got a one. Okay, so you you look and you just. The, there's a lot of erosion on the outside of this this hammer, and you can see that there are kind of uh, murals and stuff on the side carved in, but they're they're so eroded that it's on it's you, uh, Aramar, you really can't make out what exactly is going on in them. Um, and based on your role, um, Josh, I think that's. I mentioned that you you assumed that this would be a one word answer riddle. That that's usually the riddles that the right. doors made were right. a question seeking word. <clears throat> that's that's what we're trying to come up with. What, what, what were you just thinking? Adventures. So, uh, Albedo, you you say aloud the word adventures, and, and nothing happens. Hmm. This could be tough. Tune in next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all your. Boy. I don't want. To, I don't want to assume what depleted all your storage means, but could the answer be suns? It's you, you say suns aloud and nothing happens. Okay. <laughs> depleted all your storage. You, so, yeah, yeah, you, you die and all your sons are dead, and you hope your dead sons have more sons. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Your days are finished. Depleted all your stores. This last and dying wish. Your this son. your last and dying this wish. This your last and dying wish. Your sons your have sons more. Have more. Um, I say we make camp here tonight. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's probably that your sons day. have more, or your sons have more. Is that your last and dying wish? Is that okay. your sons have more? Oh, excuse me. Um, I was about to say something. I think. <coughs> trying to think if Josh would remember anything else with his role. I don't know. I can try to roll again. No, uh, your role. I, I mean, I got like a twelve. You've you've read a lot. So another thing that you recall from your histories and about, reading about the dwarves. What about courage? Mm, uh, you you uh, you say that word. Um, uh, Oh, Al Aramor kind of sits up and says, "Courage," um, and the you hear uh, a movement in the back, almost like it wants to move, but it can't. It's, it's almost like it's almost like the 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 enchantment is telling you that's close. Mm. <clears throat> almost like that that word is close <clears throat> enough to have almost have enough power. Playing warmer, um, colder with a giant hammer. <laughs> Um, We're almost there. Okay. Uh, but you remember, uh, Josh, you remember Branamir that through your history as well, that most of these enchantments were typically on the doors to their great treasure rooms. Is it treasure? Uh, Branamir says treasure and nothing happens. But we did get something Aramar said courage. Yeah, it was a little bit of... It It was almost as if this great enchantment that lies on the mountain and lies on this statue um, was was budged, was a bit 
was a little bit roused at the the uh, closeness of your answer to what it it's Brandmere, you're well read. What do the dwarves value in everyday life? Let's find out. Yeah, roll it up. <laughs> uh, eight plus same thing. Eleven. Okay. Yeah. The the dwarves were va- known for valuing um, a great many things. Of uh, chief of those being uh, treasure. Uh, one of them being uh, pride in your heritage. Uh, one of them being privacy and secrecy. Um, one of them being strength in battle. Uh, one of them being um, longevity of life. Hmm. They valued a great many things. None of those are similar to courage. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Except How about pride. this? So, so I'm going to... since. Um, since Brandemir is kind of doing that, uh, y'all definitely have these conversations I, in character while we're around. The yeah, camera. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I believe I will. I will help out Brandemir. I will try to uh, cast an enhancing ability, a spell, on him and give Ooh. him Owl's Wisdom. Ooh. The target has like advantage it. of on Wisdom checks. All right. So okay. So what? Do I so I roll a D twenty on that? No, that's just it. Just cast. It's cast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. I did use a. Was that a second level? Yeah, that was a second level. You used one of your second level spots. So All right. Okay. All right. So I'm. Gonna, I have a spell called Identify. Uh, that's that's more. I don't think I was going to identify what you were looking for here. Dang. But you did just get a boost to so a wisdom I just, check. So I just okay. so I just okay. I just I just gave you some more. I just gave you some wisdom. So. All right. What did the faded thing on the side look like? Uh, we don't know. Just kind of looks like a bunch of like little scribbly, scrolly runes. Oh, did you did you look at those? With the glasses? Yes, that's what it that's what it said after um, I looked at him with the glasses. Oh, he said there was something on the side that the murals. And yeah, stuff. there was like murals and different photos and stuff. Oh, can I check them out and see if I see anything? Uh, yeah, if you want. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be distracted, but our microphone is doing a strange and odd thing again. I hope it's not affecting our audio quality here in the in the game. Shall we pause? Uh, we should be okay, I think. I mean, we, we should. I don't be really. Okay. So, random here, come here and look at these paintings. I'm gonna look at these paintings. Can see if it helps. Uh, yeah, nineteen plus what's the best? Plus five, so twenty-four. Um, so 24, you see uh, around these hammers, you see these murals mostly are depicting the dwarves' victories in battle. You, you see many dwarves uh, defeating enemies and, and hammers crashing through enemies as well as dwarves lifting great, uh, great beasts above their heads and things like that. Hmm. I'm going to pause the recording real quick just in case. Give me just a second. We're going to cut real quick. Okay. That made such a difference in just a few seconds. I know, it really did. So, um, we had some recording uh, difficulties. There may be a cut recently while we were trying to figure out this puzzle. Nothing of of real note happened. Uh, If you did miss a part, the word courage was mentioned, and the the enchantment, they could feel kind of a a surge of magic that that felt as though they might be close to the answer to, to this riddle, but they weren't quite there um in case you did miss that but we're back hopefully recording is doing well and everything is going all right hopefully um so you now stand beside the mountain what you looking for bryce making sure the lights flash it is i believe uh you now stand by the hammer 
and when you were in character. And the last thing, also, we had a, uh, an investigation around the hammer that revealed uh, murals and carvings <coughs> of uh, dwarves in various manners of um, victorious positions of, of fights and, and, and battle and lifting things over their heads and all kind of cool stuff. Guys, could it be strength? When you say the word strength, the runes light up. I thought we said strength already. You said it off camera, and I had to nonchalantly pretend to do something else while you said it. I thought we said it before. I thought that was one of the first things we said. No, we never said that. Um, So when you say the runes on the hammer light up, uh, and yes, that as you they light up and then some of them disappear and some of them slide to the Ooh. center to uh, Josh if you're still or, or whatever your name is Brandon, I'm ogling with my goggles if you're still looking at the goggles the, the word strength appears uh, and uh, Moradin you can hear his grip tighten on his hammer and the Ooh. hammer raises before you uh, revealing a door a stone door into the mountain before you as the hammer raises up hmm well, how about that? Let's go. Let's go. It's <laughs> a door. Uh, as you you look back towards Pock and and Monpock, and they're both um, they they give you a, a bow, uh, like a well done bow. Brandon here bows bows back. He's like the last one that wants to enter. So okay, so you guys approach this door. The door shut. Run in. I'm like <laughs> okay. You reach a shut stone door, which is the right behind the wall, the the hammer that just got lifted up. Darn. Mm. So, Brandomir, is there any other inscriptions on this door? Let me check. What'd you say, Alvito? Says so it unlocked. <laughs> Do you ask that as you try to open it? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, the door opens. <laughs> <laughs> I see strange rooms. They say pull. Um. I saw a uh, riddle on Reddit that there was a door with an inscription that said, like, uh, do not waste your time, something, something like that. It was a funny sounding riddle, but at the, at the end of the day, the door was unlocked. <laughs> it was funny. Um, so you guys open the door, and what do you see before you but a massive Brick treasure door. room? You open the... You, you open the... I slam it and stand in front. <laughs> <laughs> you open the door, um, and as you look in, you're at the, the top of this mountain. A great, You're inside the peak of the mountain, almost like a warhead on the end of a missile that is full with a payload of gold. There's It's like Scrooge McDuck in there. There's gold <laughs> coins stacked. Uh, the ceiling is super high. There's gold coins and chalices and jewels and diamonds everywhere. It's a, a very large room. And as you look towards the back of the room, you can see Ooh. a great statue of a dwarf, a little bit different than the god Moradin, um, uh, a dwarf king that you don't recognize, but uh, it's a great gold statue. And above his head, he holds a great golden hammer. Um, his eyes are made of red jewels and his beard and hair are made of stringed diamonds that hang down. Uh, and he, is, he has one foot down and one foot is stepping on a great treasure chest that is open and full of gold. Um, and there's gold surrounding you. Huh. Quite a treasure chest. I, I don't think this is what's causing the earthquakes, though. Yeah, as you as you walk in, another earthquake happens, and that gold oh. does some of it does shake. But um, it's it's obviously not coming from that room. It, it feels deeper within the mountain. 
Well, we better move all this gold out of here, just in case. Look for hidden doors. Yeah. Tell me what you're doing. I'm a run so in. I'm a just be like flashing around <laughs> in the gold. Okay. What is it? Yeah. What's everybody else doing as Albedo does that? I'm oh. looking around to see if there's any stairs or anything anywhere, mm-hmm. any other doors. Okay. And I want to check out the the statue of the dude man. I want to see if I know any more about who this character is. Okay, roll your <coughs> dice. Uh, investigation or history or what? Uh, history. history? Uh, nat 20 plus 5. Oh, gosh. Josh, you're killing me, man. I, I love slashing these dice. I want to know who his grandkids are. <laughs> you know that this is the great dwarf king, Chorgun. He, uh, you recognize him uh, from one of the history books you've read. Uh, you know that Chorgun was one of the leading dwarves who amassed uh, a great deal of wealth and became a very uh, high tribal leader whenever Medin was split up and against the different tribes and the different races. You know that he has slaughtered many men and slaughtered many elves. He, he, he oh kept his lands in check. He kept the mountains in check with an iron fist. Uh, much blood was spilt at his hands. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a sickness that took his life. That he he in his final days he was weak uh, and unable to um, cling to the life that he once enjoyed so much. He wanted more strength, and he left his door closed with that inscription. Um, so that was his hammer outside. Big hammer, <laughs> his actual hammer. Yeah. Uh, so Aramor, as you kind of make the round. I imagine you kind of went in fairly quickly as well. You can see just behind um, the... What's his name? That is a Chorgun. Behind the great statue, there's a big elevator that looks like maybe how they got all this gold in here. Um, but the elevator's not there. There's a lever on the wall, but the, there's no actual elevator. It's just a shaft that goes straight down with a, a wooden gate in front of it. Uh, but what is most interesting is what is happening to Albedo. What is your name? Albedo? Albedo. Albedo. Bryce, the fact that your name is so close to Alfredo and spelling is really messing me up. <laughs> but your name is Albedo. Uh, Albedo hey, Alfredo, what Al- you doing over Albedo, there? Albedo, when you lay down and try to do a gold angel, you lay down and it's, you feel the feeling of gold against your skin. But what's strange about that is you feel a tingle. A magical tingle. Mm. Uh, and after about like ten seconds <laughs> of delicious. after about ten seconds of rolling around in this gold and being more joyous than you have in recent times, uh, you feel the gold begin to shake and hum. But also, you feel yourself begin to stop being set upon the gold. But now you're a little bit floating in it because the gold is moving. And you look around you, and all the gold in the room is moving towards the center, and not just towards the center, but towards the statue that Baramir is standing in front of. All the gold begins to move, almost like it's... Can I reach down and grab, like, two big handfuls of gold and just Um, put them in my pockets? As you do that, the gold that is in your pocket is... There's nothing you can do to stop it from pulling you towards... Oh, God, Josh, that was a mistake. (laughs) 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 Uh... You, hey, I wanted to you find are, out. You are sliding towards the statue, and what you can see is the gold that was between you and the statue <laughs> is is becoming amorphous and melting and attaching itself to the statue. As I see this, I am shoving it out of the box. You're going to have to roll dexterity for that, my friend, as okay. you slide towards the statue. All right, we're going to do it. 
It is a six. A six. So you get most of the gold out, but the last thing that happens is you, you're, you're getting the gold out and you're able to pull against it a little bit, but the last thing that happens is like three gold pieces shoot through your pants and out of the uh, out of your pants into the gold statue. So now you have a hole in your pants. <laughs> uh, so Could the you gold, always do that? So the gold is forming yeah. around you. The the light, the ru- the rubies, the big red crystals in the eyes of um, Chorgun uh, begin to glow red. All the gold is, is coming and sliding on the floor and, and attaching itself to Chorgun. As you can see, his fingers like grip tightly on the hammer, uh, that his golden hammer, and it slides down and the other end of it lands in his left hand as all the rest of the gold attaches itself to him and like some of the gold drips off and as it does it reattaches itself um and it he steps down off of his pedestal um and begins to grip his thing and raise it to attack and everyone needs to roll initiative this is how like irs employees see their job description right covered in money yeah um, ten plus another. I got eleven minus one. Oh, so well, you rolled higher though. So okay. okay. I got a sixteen plus zero. Plus zero. You going first, friend? Or All right. What speak. was that, Paramore? I got a sixteen. Okay, Bryce. <clears throat> we got the same yeah. number, but I got a ten plus nothing. And... I got eleven minus one. Yeah. Okay, so we'll call that Bryce goes first. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then. Before him. Ranamir. Yeah, not first, sorry. Um, so first will be Aramor. Second will be Albedo. Third will be Branamir. And last will be the Great Gold Golem thing. Um, great Gold Golem thing. Triple G. Uh, G3. Branamir, do you see any more runes in this room? I don't know. Let me look around. Roll, um... Perception. That's what I'm thinking. No one hit the computer roll again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to keep that roll. That was nine. Okay, so yeah, you don't... uh, What you do see, if you still have the runes on your face and written above... um, Runes on my face. Oh, the glasses on my face. Sorry, the glasses on your face. Written above (laughs) the statue. Um... Uh... Excuse me. Written above the statue are runes that say um, he's allergic to cats. Meow. <laughs> Students say strength. If you do not belong, you will need it. <laughs> uh, as the as Chorgundly little Branamir is like steps off. Belong. Yeah, he the he steps off right in front of you. You are in melee range of this great thing. Um. Fellas, I think this is a strength challenge. 20 feet behind you is um, Albedo, and then right behind the statue. So you are kind of in a line going down, starting with Aramor, then the statue, then then Branamir, then Albedo. And it is Aramor's turn. The statue has his back turned to you, Aramor. So it's my turn... So I gotta do something to the statue. Aramore, not Aramore. Excuse me. Aramore. Not necessarily. I've truly become Brand Muffin. 
Brano Muffino. You can look for a door and see if you can run away. You can look for... Well said, Alfredo. <laughs> weakness. There's all sorts of things you can do. But you must do it quickly. All right, all right. So, it's... Uh, so the big statue is going after... It is stepped down, <clears throat> yeah, and is looking at B- Branamir. Hello! So I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get its attention. I'm going to hit it in the leg with my great axe. Okay, cool. Swing at it. Roll a d20 and add your thingy jigs. I got a 10 plus a 6 is a 16. That'll hit. So I've got... TIE Fighter goes by. Yeah. So there you go. So now... D12. A D12. That one. Yeah. This one? Yep. 11 plus 4. Plus 4 is a 15. 11 plus 4 is a 15 for damage. All right. As a bonus action, you can make another weapon attack if you want. Okay. So you take a swipe at this thing's leg as it's not facing you at his left leg, and you swipe through the back of its leg, and gold coins and gold kind of your axe passes through the edge of it, and gold coins and things hit the ground, and as they hit the ground, they just kind of evaporate and into the air um, as they bounce off the ground and you hear the ting 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 and the the as when you do that the uh, chore gun statue turns around to like turns its head to look at you do you want to do an extra attack what you want to do with that bonus action if you're trying to do anything mm, my bonus action it's a uh... If you use an attack attack action, add an attack as a bonus action up to a certain number of uses per day, which is four. You can do it four times a day. All right. So, I guess I'm going to take, can I take another swing with the great Of course, absolutely. You'll have to roll for it. So, I've come through and I'm going to come back up. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to take him again. Do it. So, which one is it? My D20 again? Mm -hmm. Yep. A four plus six, six is ten. Uh, that time, when you go through the first time, you hit the coins, and when you go through again, the the lack of mass in that area that you just went through just throws you off, and your axe does pass by it just a little too shallow, and it does not hit. Do you wish to move anywhere? You have thirty feet of movement that you can do. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna try to. Jump out of the way and move 30 feet over to get out of the way of a chore gun there. All right, so you're going to go... All right, let's imagine a circular room. You're at the top of it looking down. The statue is also looking down. You're going left or right with your 30 feet. Um, so he's turning to me. Which yeah. leg did I hit? The left leg. The left leg. Okay. So I hit his left leg, so I'm going to my right. Okay. Man. Tactics. <laughs> Forcing me to think about that stuff. <laughs> Alright. Uh, it is now... So you're going 30 feet that way. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me dr- make up a little map for myself just so I can know. Um, 
you went to the, okay gotcha all right so if we're looking at a circular room uh, from the top down the, the statue is looking down he is looking direct or currently he is facing downward before he turned around to look at um, Aramore but looking down he's looking at Branamir who beneath him is Albedo now to the very left of the statue in the left side of the room is um, Aramore. Aramore God, I don't know what it is I can't lock those names in man I can't do it um, okay so it is now Albedo's turn Hey, how close am I? You are within 30 feet. Okay. How far within 30 feet? Um, 30 feet. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, About 30 feet or so. I'm a perception around the room. That's okay. an action though, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking for doors, anything. Uh, 11. The only way out you can see now behind that the, the, the gold has gone away and the statue is standing is the elevator that um, that Aramor oh, uh, saw earlier. Mm -hmm. You also mm -hmm. see around you several pedestals and things that are not made of gold uh, that uh, would be worthy of cover if you were intended to take cover away from the, the dwarf statue. Uh, we'll do that now. <laughs> okay, so you move a little bit to the right where there's a pedestal and you kind of get behind it. Anything else? Nope. No spells or anything? I don't have any. Okay. Well, I have some, but I have three. All right. Uh, are you thinking that perception <coughs> is an action to take? It is, isn't it? I'm not going to make that an action. You just looked around the room. We'll imagine you saw that stuff beforehand. Like, I'm, I'm not going to make you really... Okay, well, I don't, I, I don't really intend to attack because I don't sure, know if that's... Sure, that's fine. I just want to... Can I... How far is the elevator? Can I run over to that and see if... You not. You wouldn't make it all the way to the elevator. The elevator's about right. 50 feet. I'm getting as close to it as I can then. Okay, so your beeline would put the statue between you and the elevator. So you want to go to the left or right of it? I'll run between his legs. Run between. This is going to. You're 30 feet away from the statue. Running between his legs is going to put you directly under his crotch. I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right, Albedo runs directly hey, under the statue. Yeah. <laughs> runs directly. So you want to go swinging down here, big boy? <laughs> he, run, he runs directly under the statue's crotch. That just happened. Yeah. Go ahead and describe it for us. Uh, he. Yeah, um, he just uh, he just runs under directly under his head. I don't know how else to describe it. Okay, everyone, we had some real bumming out audio issues with our microphones. It looks like we have a bad mic on the Dungeon Boys podcast. Uh, so we are going to change the way we're sitting. Uh, we're going to change the way we're sitting, and we are going to try to finish this out, finish this battle up at least. Uh, apologize to let you behind the curtain on that one. We'll try to get that fixed. But the uh, last thing that happened was Albedo ran between the legs of this great gold golem, if you stuck around through the audio <laughs> mishaps. Um, and so now Albedo, yeah, we had the air conditioner on as well. Things are falling apart here at Dungeon Boys. <laughs> sweet, sweet, blessed air conditioner. Um, so it is now Branamir's turn as Albedo stands beneath the golden, golden golem. Crotches. The golden crotches. He, you, you, you stare directly at a golden golem that is staring down at you with albedo facing away from you, looking like he, he just jumped underneath his legs. Okay. I And there's like pillars and stuff like that nearby. Yeah, some pedestals and stuff. Pedestals. They, they don't go all the way to the, the ceiling, but you could hide behind one. Okay. In my limited capacity, 
I am going to cast shield on myself. Cool. Because I'm rather squishy and I don't like that. Um, so I get that, and then also that gives me the arcane ward. Arcane so, ward. Yeah. And with the arcane ward, I get um, two times my level plus intelligence. So I get uh, nine extra, basically like a shield with an extra nine points of, of hit cool. points on Very cool. Very so, cool. And I'm just like ducking behind one of the um, the pillars or columns or whatever's there so I can kind of get out the way. And I will cower and await my turn to come around next time. Okay, sounds good. Uh, the, ring the gong if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it is the golem's turn. The golem is going to bring his hammer into the sky. Uh, really kind of forget about you underneath between his legs and step over <laughs> and try to smash his hammer down on top of um, Aramore. Uh, he's going to move... So he, the, He's turning to his right, to y'all's left a little bit, and going to reach down and swing at um, Aramore. Dice up here. Um, what's your armor class, AC, Aramore? I have an AC class of 19, and I also have my shield up as well. So. Okay. 21. Wow, all right. Um, I didn't get my weapon attacks in here. So we're going to call that... So 21 to your armor class? Well, no, I think it's... I think you have, you have to sacrifice something to ready your shield. Like you, have to, you have to be like... Yeah, I don't ready. think... Yeah. You, you would have had to have like readied your shield on your last turn and not did anything else. Your shield just gives you plus two already. Okay. So normally okay. yours so would be yeah. 17. I got, so I got 19. Yeah. Alright, so this actually is still going to hit. It's going to roll an unnatural 20. Based on proficiency and his strength, he's a big boy. So he comes down, swings down his. Uh, oh no 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 no! Uh, protection. Uh, I can. Nope, he's not within five feet. Yeah, nope, he's good. So the hammer comes down on you. Uh, you do try to get your shield up, uh, Aramore, but it's just not quite enough. And his hammer is going to come down on top of you for ten damage. Okay. Smash. That's right. So I got my, yeah. And when your hammer come when his hammer comes down, gold pieces like shoot off of it everywhere and evaporate. Um But as the golem has stood walked over to you and stood before you, he now faces the cave wall because you are between him and the cave wall. And he that's the end of his turn. Um so I believe wait, hold on. Yeah, I think that's the end of his turn. He's not going to do double attack this time. Uh, Aramore, it is your turn, sir. Okay. Aramar. Aramar. I wrote an O, and that's my problem. It's Aramar. Thank you, Alfredo. Anytime. Brand. We've been playing for like two. We've been playing for two hours, <laughs> and that's Aramar, and I'm still struggling. We're gonna make it. What you gonna do, Aramar? Oops. Well, that's not a good thing to say. Uh, let's see. A cricket. A cricket is here. <laughs> that's a loud cricket. It is. Alright, so I'm going to... Uh, so let me see. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of damaged here <clears throat> a little bit. So I am going to... Uh, so let me see. How many more of these I've got? You got four of your first level spells and I one of your second. Four. I've got four of that. So 
So we're very sorry about our mic situation, Dungeon Boy fans, if you're out there. You probably have heard it a lot throughout this episode, so if you've made it this far, kudos to you. You are the faithful, true diehard fan. <laughs> yeah, faithful listener. Um, I know it's happened before. I, I very rarely get the opportunity to listen to our podcast in full before they go up, so it's very possible that this has happened before uh, and a, a great deal. Um, I can restore you six health if you are if you think you need help. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what I, what I want to do here. I mean, uh, Inflict wounds is your most damaging thing you have. Well, that's what I was thinking because, I mean... I've already. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm within touching distance of this. Yeah, thing, absolutely. Right? Okay, all right. Here. So I'm going to my <coughs> first level. I'm going to inflict wounds. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, so what do I roll on that? <coughs> my that roll d20. Roll a d20. And add six to it. I rolled an eighteen. Okay, Ooh, that will be plenty to hit. So that would be a six. That's twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that would be. Plenty All enough right. to hit. It's 3d10. Uh, and now it says a 3d10. Yeah, that's uh Yeah, that one. That one will work. Which one? This one? That's a six. six. Do two more. A three. And a nine. Ooh, 18 points. All right. Very good. Woo. Oh, plus his attack modifier, so... That is a six, so six. 24. Okay. Yeah, that's what you rolled for attack as well. Okay. 24 to hit, 24 damage. Mm. Nice. Very, very classic. So you reach out and touch this, uh, touch this golden golem on each of his legs. You, know, you reach out both your hands, and black energy courses through your veins and into the clay golem and shoots up within. The, or not clay, the gold golem. I have to, I have to pick monsters to work my monsters around when I make them up. Excuse me. Um, and the magic courses through, and you can see it passing in and behind the gold, and some of the pieces shoot off and fall off and uh, evaporate away, and the, the, the chore gun uh, golem raises its mouth, and uh, there's no sound, but it, it, it uh, writhes in anguish as it uh, the wounds are inflicted. From your inflict wounds. Exactly. <laughs> All right, is that, will that be the end of your turn, Aramor? Uh Yes. Very cool. All right. It is now Albedo's turn. Uh, I am going to continue on, and I'm passing him, right, to leave? Uh, you. He has left you, so you. there's nothing between you and the elevator at this point. Oh, okay. If we're looking at the top of the circle again... So he's not again, close to me anymore. Uh, he is... The golem is now between you and him. You and Aramar. Okay. To the left of the circle we're looking at. You're kind of in the middle of it. Is he within 10 feet? Of you? Or within, yeah. Not really, no. Okay, then I'm just going to continue on to the elevator. Okay, you reach the elevator. You see, obviously, a a lever that is attached to the elevator on the wall. All right, I'm going to pull the lever. All right, so you pull the lever, and you can see the ropes behind behind the wooden gate begin to move, and you can hear the creaking and moving of machinery in this echoey elevator shaft. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I, is it coming up or is it coming from above? It or? is coming up to you, it seems. Okay. But it will not be here for some time. All right. Mm. Then that, that's the end of my turn, it, really. It is far away. 
I got, yeah, I got um, pulling a lever or something is not a full action. So if you have spells or anything that you'd like to cast, just to let you know. Uh, nah, I, I don't have anything else. Okay, Brandon. I guess already my shield. All right. If I got nothing else to do. Cool. Okay, so he is now Albedo is now out of out of Crutchler range, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I am going to cast. Grease. Grease. Nice. We're going for grease. Slick grease covers the ground in a 10-foot square. Centered on a point. Centered within range. Turns to difficult terrain for a duration. When the grease appears, each creature standing in it must succeed on a deck saving throw or fall prone. Okay. Creature enters the area ends this turn and must be seed. succeed on a deck saving throw or fall prone. Perfect. Let's do it. Where's I don't the, actually have to roll for it. Where's I? the grease? Right up under Big Boy. Underneath the golem. Right up under Big Perfect. Boy. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I'm picturing the grease. Does the grease appear? Or does it come from you? I'm thinking it just like kind of comes up Bubbles out of the up. ground. Yeah, okay. just like bubbling up, tar pit style. All right. Do you look or say anything? Do you do any body language to show this grease appearing, or are you nope. just you're behind the pillar? Then grease. It's just there. I'm trying to, to stay in cover as much as possible because okay. I am squishy as all get and out. What all? What all do I roll? Excuse me. Uh, deck saving throw. Okay. Deck saving throw. That you you're in luck. Uh, you're not in luck. Uh, <laughs> does it, an 18 beat it? I don't know. Would it? What would it? Your spell save DC most likely. It's 13. So yeah. Um, okay. So uh, he rolls just a great roll a minus one. Are you, is, is that how we handle that? Used to rollerblade. He's good on his feet. The, yeah, I guess it'd be a spell save DC. I feel like that would make sense to me. Uh, so the the golden golem, he kind of his footing is a little bit unsure. It slips a little bit, but he does find his footing and stay locked in and does not fall down in the thing. But does he start his turn, or if he moves, does he have to roll one? If he ends his turn, or if he enters the area, he must make another deck saving throw. Okay, I'm gonna make him make one on the way out because it doesn't make sense if he's standing in the grease that he wouldn't slip around trying to exit okay. the grease. That'll work. Um, so he's, he's greasy. Uh, he's he's hit uh, Aramar one time, and Aramar's a little bit reeling from that. He has noticed that Albedo has gone for the elevator, so he turns to run to Albedo to try to give him a, a wallop. Uh, and so he's going to roll a DC saver boy. He does not succeed on this one. Boom. So as he turns, as he turns, the, the golden golem turns to approach Albedo. He goes to run over there with his hammer in hand uh, and his right foot just presses too hard and slips out from underneath him and he trips forward and lands with his hammer on the ground face down staring at Albedo only about 10 feet away at this point after his fall. Um, so he is going to stand up and since he is 10 feet away and he uh, has used pretty much all of his movement, he is going to take his great golden hammer of a great weight and hurl it at uh, Albedo at the wall. Mm. I did not dodge. He crit fails. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, everything is slick. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, everything is slick. So he so he takes the hammer and almost with the with the head of it in the front like a javelin, hurls it at you, trying to crush you into the wall. But instead, his golden hammer passes through the wooden gate and into the elevator shaft, and you can hear it, tum, tum, boom, boom, and you hear the shatter and crush of machinery down <laughs> the elevator oh, shaft. No. Uh, and you can just... It should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and you can again in anguish the the golem uh, silently opens his mouth. Mm. He's um, like, uh. <laughs> and so now he stands there with his with his hand open. Aramar, it is your turn again, sir. So is he just? So is he, I mean, he's, so his is, hands and stuff were in the grease. He's made, laid made white so or something. He's um, laid sir? down. Yeah. He's laid down. Yeah, he is face. No, he is still. He stood up at this point. He stood up. Yeah. He's standing, but he's yeah. greasy. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is standing, and you right. you will have to pass through some grease to get to him. All right. <clears throat> Unless you want to move and do something with from range. You have sacred flame. You can call down fire from the heavens from the range. If he does a flaming attack, which is what I was hoping to do on my next roll against a greasy boss. <laughs> I got I to gotta honor something like that. There you go. Well, I can do a sacred flame. Y'all got to be talking about this in flame character, guys. If y'all are thinking about Greece and making plans, I need some in so character I'm gonna, So I'm going to I'm going to call I'm going to call down sacred flame. It's within 60 feet. Scott's targets must pass a dexterity save or take 1d8 radiant damage. Boom. All right, so he's not going to succeed. He rolled an 8. I don't think that's going to beat what you no. got to beat. He's got to beat a 14. All right, so he's going to take damage. Spell save difficulty class is 14. Ah, okay. He did not overcome that difficulty. He did not overcome it, so still... he is now flaming, you know what. Yes, still... uh, um, I was trying to think of something. (laughs) But um, he's still reeling from throwing his hammer down the elevator shaft. He doesn't have enough wits about him to dodge the the sacred flame. Uh, And the flames come down, and they do light him on fire. Uh, so the gold, some of the gold begins to bubble and burst off of him uh, and evaporate. Uh, what's the damage cool. on that sacred flame? D8. Well done, Aramar. Roll an extra D8 as well. A D8. That's the one that looks like two pyramids put together. This one right here. Almost. I like it. We getting good. A four. Okay. One. And a s- six plus six. Alright, so that's 16. 16. Okay. Alright, so a lot of the gold bubbles off of him and pops and bloop, 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 and uh, uh, it begins to evaporate away from him, and he again silently opens his mouth (coughs) with anger, and you can see his his eyes begin to glow, and he grits his fists. Um, And Albedo, it's your turn. Uh, I guess I'm going to run in and smash him with the hammer. <laughs> Alright, smash him with the hammer. Alright, I'm going to run up and I'm going to aim right for his kneecap. Nice. With the war hammer. Oh, please let it go. Okay, it's a 14. That'll hit. Hey. Just barely, yeah. So you hit it, you collide with his kneecap. 14, and I'm going to do divine smite. Nice. to that. So that's plus 2d8 to my already... Uh, D eight. So okay. da, 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 da. three, two, <laughs> one, <laughs> <laughs> six okay. plus three. All right, so you cross against his kneecap, and you don't make full Nine. contact with it with your fourteen roll against his fourteen AC. Uh, you do knock some gold off of his knee, but it's not a huge hit. Uh, it is now Branamy's turn unless you would like to do something. No, I'm good. Okay. Okay, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try that chromatic orb again. It should be known that the grease that was dripping from the bo- the 
the the golden golem has now been burned away with the sacred flame. That'll work. Just to let you know. That'll work. Okay. Did he take a little bit extra damage for that? He for did. Actually being yeah. on I fire. asked him to roll an extra damage for Sweet. it. Okay. So I will try what we got here. Mm. <coughs> okay. So like little coins and stuff have been like blown off of him during some of these other attacks, right? Well, yeah, and they're uh, they've evaporated though. Everything that came off of him has disappeared. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm gonna try the chromatic orb again. I'll see if I can do um, thunder damage. Okay, thunder damage sounds yeah. good. So it's a uh, six plus five, eleven. That is not gonna hit, sadly. Ain't gonna do it. So yeah. I am just gonna stick with my cover, and I am going to. So what was that spell you did? Oh, it was a chromatic orb. Chromatic so, orb. So your your orb kind of passes by him and hits the wall, Oof. and and thunder, and, and it shakes the walls of the 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 mountain that you're within, but it doesn't actually. Um, doesn't hurt the golem. It worked. I returned to cowering. Okay. It is the golem's <laughs> turn. Uh, he is still very concerned with Albedo at this point. After the hit to the knee, he is going to try to crush Albedo with two giant hits of his fists. He can try. Uh, what is your AC? 19. Good gravy, boy. 18. That's going to wow. be a miss. Also likely, yep, also going to miss. So he, he, in his anger, he smashes the ground twice on each side of you with his great golden fists, uh, mm. and you are able to dance your way away from it. Paladin style. Aramar, again, it is your turn, sir. All right, so, um, while, um, so while the golem is, is preoccupied with Albedo there, I am going to take my great axe. I'm going after his right leg. Okay, time. go for the right because leg. Because his left, his left one is still injured, correct? Yeah, it's probably so what made him slip in the grease. So. Probably what caused the slip. Yeah. So I got an 11 plus a 6 is a 16. All right, that is definitely going to hit him. Okay, so now I roll uh, a D12. Damage, yep. That's it right there? That's it right there. And I get a two. <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus a four. Huh? No. Plus a... Wait. What were we... Oh, okay. Yeah. Plus four. A six. Okay. All right. So you you swipe across the back of his other leg, and you do take some gold with you on that swipe across the back of his knee. Now you can swipe again if you'd like with your bonus action, I think. I would like to do that. All so. right. Roll again. I've got a nine, a six is a fifteen. Yep, that'll be a hit. The golem is not high on the defense. All right, so let's see what we got. Damage is a ten. All right, four is a fourteen. All right, the golem is now most of the gold that attached itself to him has now been knocked free. But with all your hits and everything, gold has take been coming off of all pieces of him, especially also being his hammer being thrown down the elevator shaft. Uh, he is looking almost like his regular dwarf statue self. Um, and Ooh. yes, so your two swipes at the back of his leg, he does kind of drop to one knee um, a little bit. Albedo, it is your turn. I'm going to cast Bless on the party. Okay. Which will, whenever you make your attack rolls for the next minute, you add a d4 to the attack roll. I like Impressive. it. Impressive. All right, so what does that look like? How do you do that? I guess it's just like a kind of, uh, I imagine it's very paladin-y, just kind of a holy light, just... Okay. Do you say anything? Uh, 
Everyone, you should. Uh, everyone, you should find it easier to hit him now. Excellent. Great. That with him being down on one knee. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. If you miss, (laughs) you suck. Uh, Branamir, your turn, sir. I am... I'm not having any luck with the chromatic orb, so I'm just going to go with trying good old firebolt. Nice. So, let's see. A motor fire creature. It does 1d10. We'll, We'll see what we can do here. So... Uh, so 14 plus 5 was a 19 to hit. A 19 to hit. 19 to hit, that and it will serve as a D10. Alright, roll that D10. Is it D10 plus 4? Thank goodness. Probably your spell casting. Because seven. that's a 2. Alright, so you hit him uh, with your bolt of fire, and it hits him right in, uh, right in his chest. Cool. And some of the gold that made up the original statue now shoots off, and some of the diamonds of his beard falls off of him um, as he sits there on one knee. It was a mighty two. Yeah, very <laughs> mighty two. Uh, but it is the golem's turn, and he turns to you, Branamir. Okay. Um, and he steps to you to. He gets a plus d4 on saving throws as well. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so he does walk over to you, and he gets behind. Oh, do I get a plus d4 to attack or damage? Attack. Attack. Okay. okay. I didn't need it. Yeah. So he steps over there behind the pillar that you are behind, and he goes to smash you with his fist. He is tired of your, of you messing with him. Boom. Uh, will a twenty-two hit you? Oh, uh, just barely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So his fist is going to do some damage on you. Uh, yikes! Going to be an eleven damage. Okay. He well, smashes you. My my shield and stuff is gone, so but okay. I didn't take any damage. So awesome. So his yeah. fist comes down, and what would look like it would just crush you into the dirt. Woo. Your shield stops it and like shatters around you, Witcher Three style. Uh, and the the shield shatters, and he breaks his fist back up. I love um, it. And he he's kind of trying to take care of the three of you all at once. Who um, now that he's gotten, he's trying to hit you, and he's not even thinking about you anymore. He's heading over there back to Albedo to try to hit him again with his other uh, fist attack. Um, and he's going to roll a seventeen against your AC, which again, Randomir <laughs> just in in character is just very stunned that he's walked away from that. Yes. <laughs> Um, the the golem is fran- is frantic at this point. He's he's this is not this is not how things were intended to go for him, um, but he is Ooh. firm in his resolve. He ran over to me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it is now Aramar's turn. So he ran over with a one busted knee. Well, yeah. uh, it's not super busted. You did knock okay, him that's down. Right. I did knock some off. And he's so. made he's made of gold. So that's right. Okay. So all right. So. Now, mind you, there is still grease between you and where in the rest of the room. We still got some grease in us, don't we? Yeah. yeah. If you tr- if you go over it, you might slip. Don't do that. Okay. I guess I shouldn't mention things like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you I got guess a light crossbow. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna since I, since the grease is in the way, I'm going to try my light <coughs> crossbow. I'm gonna. Try to see if I. Oh, and up to War Priest, uh, up to four times a day, you can. No, once per day, it's your channel divinity. You can add 10 to an attack. So, pretty much you'll hit him with whatever you choose to. Alright, so I'm going to. So, so I guess since it's getting down to it, I'm going to channel divinity here and I'm going to go with my crossbow. So, let me see. I'm going to go to. D20. D20. 
I got a 13. Didn't need it. Plus <laughs> 10. You don't, you don't have to add the 10. Do, okay, 13. Right. I don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that'll do it. That'll you, definitely do it. That's a hit. You can add it after okay. you see roll. So I get a 1d8. I got a roll of a d8 for my... Crossbow. For my crossbow. And I got a 6. Plus, plus proficiency? Plus... Hmm? No, he doesn't have proficiency. Oh, no? 6. There's no adder. There's no add-on for that. Because you have zero dexterity. Yeah. Okay, so you fire your crossbow, uh, and it passes through the back of the golem's head, um, and in doing so, it collides with one of the red crystals that made up his eyes and knocks it free of the golem's face, uh, and the crystal bounces kind of back towards the door that you came in, uh, and it lands on the floor right at the edge of the, the door where you did come into this room, and the, the golem now stands with one red crystalline eye. One eye, one-legged. Yeah. But the, the crystal doesn't here. dissolve like the gold did? Yeah, the crystal did not dissolve. Ooh, I like it. Mm. Dang, that might And be. Albedo, it is now your turn. We're right in front of the elevator, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to throw him to the elevator. All right. <laughs> Grapple. Oh, come on. This is, this is going to be a strength check Please. against a golem. Yeah, I know. BT dubs. No! (laughs) He beat you. I bet. Wait, I can add a D4 to it. Because it's blessed. It's still not going to work. What did he get? He got a 9 without any modifiers. I got a 2. I didn't add the bless to mine. But you still hit him. It's it's not your damage, it's your attack roll. You're hitting. Even without proficiency, just a strength with his modifier is going to be a 14. No. Which I don't think you beat with a two natural. No. Uh, so he grabs he or you gr- try to grab at him and your um his he's just kind of this weird amorphous golden liquid almost <clears throat> standing and your arm just kind of pass through his leg and he just pulls away from it. Dang. Okay. Uh. Then I'm gonna uh, hit him with the hammer. We'll try again if Caramar can make it. No. Grapple be in action. Yeah, I don't have. I'm used to having an extra attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, nope, I don't have any bonus actions. All right, so, Branamir, you just seen Albedo try to grab the leg of this golem. Right. And it is your turn. There is no way that I'm going to grab the leg of this golem. Right. <laughs> I am a stick man. Yeah, sure. Can you dispel your grease? Um, yes, I can. So. Can I dispel that? Does that take up like a spell? I'll, I'll let you choose to break grease concentration or cool. whatever it is that's I'm required. Break. Bust up the greasiness. Okay. So, with the magic power of Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it works on the commercials. Um, me being a little squishy right now, I am going to cast invisibility upon myself. Okay. And make myself invisible. All right. You if are I in- need to describe that, I can. You are invisible. Okay. I, guess, I become invisible. I guess roll stealth to see how quiet you do. Quietly, you move around it from this uh, point. I make myself. If you're invisible. intending to hide. Well, I mean, there's a battle raging, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could probably roll it with advantage. Just I guess a roll of stealth. What I'm trying to do is we knocked off one of the crystal things, and that didn't dissolve. I want to see if I can go and pick that up. Sure. So I got a 15 plus a nothing. Okay, yeah, that's plenty of stealth. I mean, you can get over there without anybody noticing you go over to that crystal. Yoink. All right, you pick it up. I'm picking. Cool. It is picked. Yeah, nothing magical happens, but you do feel a magical hum about this crystal. All right. Um, So, 
I'm going to see if I can maybe head towards cover if there's any near me, but I don't know how much movement okay. I use. And I'm going to kind of yell back towards everybody, um, unseen. Um, hey, I, th- I think it has something to do with the crystals. Well, we'll see. Uh, hopefully we can get him to be less of a problem. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is the golem's turn, and Albedo, he is going to try to push you into the elevator shaft. You won't try. Uh, yeah, roll strength contest against him. Ooh. He rolls a 21, and you crit <laughs> fail. <laughs> Uh, Albedo is. Can I roll to like grab onto the ropes that go down? We'll get there. Okay. But first, we got to do this because okay. you crit failed on a grapple check. Yes. Uh, Albedo, after pushing <clears throat> against the dwarf's uh, the dwarf's leg, the dwarf in his last stitch effort at life, as he seems to have lost much of his vigor, goes and and pushes Albedo and just gets a good push in and pushes you right into the back of the elevator shaft. You slam against the back of the elevator shaft and you take a d8's worth of damage of bludgeoning um you take five d five damage worth of bludgeoning damage uh and then you begin to fall down the elevator shaft the roll dexterity to catch yourself on the ropes good lord the hit the roll 16 minus 115 so you put your hand on the on the ropes uh, and you slide down a little ways, and there's a little bit of rope burn on your hands, but you do grab hold of the elevator shaft ropes. Um, Ha-ha, you think you can best me, beast. Beast, 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 beast. <laughs> Jumps it, down after you. As it comes up the elevator shaft. Okay, it, uh, Branamir, no, it is Aramar's turn again. After right, your so last crossbow shot. So I am going to I am going to take aim with my light crossbow again at the other crystal. There's inside. no grease in front of you. You can yeah. run up to it now. No grease. So, or you should shoot me in the eye if that's what you want to do. So where, so where am I in relation to the god? Uh, imagine a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the top point of the circle is the elevator shaft. Okay. You are on the left portion of the circle, so you are on the western mark. Okay. Of the circle, the golem is now on the northern mark of the circle. But he's at the he's he is at, at the, the shaft. shaft. Okay, so I am going to run up and try to push him in the shaft. Grapple, <laughs> grapple <laughs> check, strength check. Right. Does he have to grapple? Because he's not really trying to grab him; he's the, trying to push him. The push is still a push. I got all the next one. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So you succeed. Oh crap! So, um, um, so, I told you he was watch coming. Watch out below! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he shouts, "Watch out below!" I said that uh, in character. <laughs> so, uh, Aramar. As you've seen him do on journey on the journey through here, when when boars attack, or when great heavy things attack, or when there's a door that just needs to be knocked down, you uh, Albedo and Branimir have become accustomed to the 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 feeling the thud, the the rhythmic thuds of 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 Aramar's footsteps as he gets up to speed, uh, and he slams into the back of this 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 golem that's not paying him any attention, and the golem is thrust, like, much like uh, Albedo just was, thrust across the elevator shaft. He crashes into the elevator shaft and like so much silly putty or jello smashes into the wall and spreads out like liquid and he 
just fills the elevator shaft with gold that rains down uh, on top of Albedo. Uh, the last thing to fall being the r big red crystal that was his last eye as it falls down the shaft. Bryce, what are you rolling for? 19 to catch it. Uh, rolling a 19 to catch it. Before you try to catch it, I'm going to need you to, to roll a strength roll as well to see if you can hold on as the gold hits you. Nat 20. Yep. You roll. <laughs> so as you hold... you Some good rolls. Yeah, so, so you hold on with one hand as the gold washes over you, and for a brief second you're encased in gold like King Midas himself. And then... My God, he's beautiful. And then, Quite the albedo. Yeah. <laughs> and then the gold evaporates, and all the gold that you had just been fighting evaporates, oh. but you do reach your hand out with that other dexterity roll. You reach your hand out, and with the, with the grace of a gymnast... <laughs> or, or, or you reach out, stick your hand out, and the, the the crystal falls directly into your hand. And how how what do you say at this point? I don't know. I think I just laugh. Just hold it straight up into the air like a victory pose, and just ha 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 ha! I told you you would not best me, giant. <laughs> and with that, I want to. I'm at the top of the elevator shaft, and I I dispel the invisibility. I've got the other one. Woo! <laughs> we got the other one. Woo, I got this one. <laughs> and with that, everyone, we have had quite the journey. We didn't finish everything I had for us tonight, but that means there's more bonus material if we ever, if hey, this hey. episode comes out all right, if you made it this far. That's right. Um, I'm going to try to do my best with the audio, but uh, that will be where our episode ends tonight. Uh, you are inside the mountain seeking a way to calm it down. Uh, whatever that means. You've caught two great red crystals from a golden golem, uh, and we'll see what happens next time we do a bonus episode. I'd like to per thank Dad for coming. Appreciate it, Pops. You're welcome. Yep. Thank you, thank with, you. With thank a perfect way to end it with you being your guest <clears throat> appearance on here to be kicking a golem down <laughs> yeah. an elevator shaft. With a nat 20. Absolutely. That was awesome. It was perfect. On to your son. So, yeah, if, <laughs> if you enjoyed this, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Um, because this is probably the only place you're going to find it at this point with all of our audio stuff. Uh, leave us a review if you don't mind. Uh, right now, leave us a real kind review for content. <laughs> maybe not yeah. Maybe not the actual audio. Uh, if you really love what we do uh, at Tank Media and you would like to throw some financial support our way, if you feel that way, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash tankmedianetwork to do that. As well, follow Tank Media Games on Twitter at tankmediagames. But... Without further ado, thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. Bye. Good night.